0: Over 460 million people around the world have disabling hearing loss. Starkey Hearing Foundation provides hearing aids and hearing related healthcare to millions of patients in over 100 countries. But they need your support to continue helping those in need.
1: Give the gift of hearing by donating to the Listen In Campaign. Go to listenincampaign.org to donate today. That's L I S T E N I N C
0: A M P A I G N.org.
1: This is the MLW Radio Network. 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 Hey! Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Primetime with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and me, Sean Mooney, and uh, we are rolling along here. This is episode 11, and I know, speaking with uh, my uh, close friend and broadcast colleague, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, that we continue to be blown away by all the response we've gotten to this podcast, uh, the Twitters, the email uh, comments, also uh, uh, having you folks download us on iTunes and all the other outlets. It has been uh, really amazing. And uh, once again, we've got another fantastic show coming up. Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, how are you? Well, well, good, Sean. I wasn't sure
0: who you were talking about when you said you're a good friend. I'm like, uh, well, everything's at work. No, I'm starting off giving you a shot right <laughs> off the bat, brother. But you know, the first thing Hacksaw has got to do, oh, here we go. Get it real going. H D P M ready
1: to go. Oh, I'm spilling stuff here. Excuse me. Sorry, everybody. All right. Well, we got uh, everything but the dogs in this one, okay? So uh, we're going to get... Now they're here. I'm sure they'll add their comments before the show's yeah, over. Was... absolutely. Hey, Jim, I've got a great announcement to make this week. Uh, you and I have been talking about this for weeks. We're wanting to get this together. And uh, we've talked a little bit about design. I'm kind of giving it away here, but I just found out that uh, we now have our prime time with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Sean Mooney Tees. They're out now at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. And uh, we spent uh, weeks on the design. Uh, you're really going to like these folks. I'm telling you, we've got some, uh, some great T-shirts that we've uh, put together, directly inspired by this program and other things that have happened throughout our careers. You know, Jim, I have to tell you, you know what my favorite one of all of them? We have uh, five of them out. Uh, Whoa. My favorite uh, of them all is the T-shirt that says, was that a shot? It, it's really awesome. Uh, wait, I, I think I, I sent you uh, one of the proofs on it. You know which one I'm talking about? It's got that uh, that handsome mug on it uh, of, of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and it says, was yeah, that? That was a
0: shot? shot there, Moody. You're coming back on me already. I got it.
1: Uh, yeah, but is Who
0: a- picked out that picture? There's a 1,000 pictures of Hacksaw. Who picked out that picture to put on a T-shirt, right? Even my mom have trouble liking that one. God <laughs> bless her. Well, we wanted it to be
1: nice and intense, and that, is, of course, uh, kind of sums up your persona, right? If you're going to be a wrestler, be a wrestler. What yeah. the devil? Right. But don't you love that? That one, was that a shot? I love yeah, that. I like that, man. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of them going on around here. I'll tell you. Right. And then the other one that uh, that uh, I really like, and it was inspired by uh, the great Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, Sean Mooney, who. It's real simple, just like me and my brain. It just says Sean Mooney dot 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 who. And uh, for those of you out there who know all about that, when Bobby Heenan, whenever they would throw to me, he'd always say they'd say, "Oh, let's go to the uh, event center with Sean Mooney," and, and Bobby would say, "Who?" So we've got that one. And then uh, in honor of uh, the great, uh, late, great Gorilla Monsoon, we've got this other T-shirt that's uh, it's, a, it's a, a ring. And in the middle of it, it's uh, three ding, ding, dings. So uh, as we always say, to get things started, ding, ding, ding. That's what uh, they used to say to start the matches. And then we've got, uh, I also love this one, uh, Jim. It's uh, Ho Nation, which we've talked about. Uh, those are the. I big- like that one, brother. Yeah. That ding, 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 I'm not real sure about Mooney, but yeah. I'll tell you. Ho Nation, I got to go with, brother. Yeah, Is isn't it- that awesome? With the cutout of the, uh, the great United States, the country we love so much, with the stars and stripes on it, and right there in the middle of it says, Ho Nation. Uh, I like the outline of the girl in
0: red pumps and fishnets. Well, that's the next T-shirt. <laughs> that's another whole nation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I just wrote that down. Yeah, by the take way, it takes a minute, man. <laughs> I tell you, that, that was a shot there, Moody. It took you so long. <laughs>
1: oh, well. I got to keep track here. And then, the, and the other one we have, though, because we have a brand new logo, Jim, which is really cool. Uh, with a the new what? The, the, a new logo. It's going to be our. It's okay. our official logo now. It says Prime Time. And it's got the Stars and Stripes in primetime. And then the I in time is a microphone. And this is with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And then, uh, you know, Sean Mooney just kind of snuck that in there. But uh, I guess the other one was unofficial. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it <laughs> this was. This is the official logo. This is the official, official one. So, folks, check Wrestlers them out. On to, yeah, just go to ProWrestlingTees.com. ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to the search bar there and just uh, put in primetime. And they all come up. So uh, check them out. Uh, we'd love to have you, uh, uh, you know, get one and, and then give us some feedback on them. We hope you love them. we got a lot more coming. All right. So that's, uh, that uh, is great news this week. I, I just found that out this morning. So go there, ProWrestlingTees.com and check them out. Hacksaw, tell me about your week because I know you've been busy as usual and uh, I believe you're at another WrestleCon. Uh, no, no, it was a, a Comic-Con. Actually, it was called oh, con Geek
0: okay. Con in Shreveport, Louisiana, and Bossier uh, City, Louisiana. And I tell you, what two cities that changed. You know, back in the old Mid-South days, they were kind of sleepy little towns. Now they got gambling casinos in there. I mean, they're a huge, thriving metropolises totally different uh, place than I remember. But, uh, yeah, we had a great Comic-Con there three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You know, flew through Dallas on the way there. And uh, I enjoyed the cons. It's great. You know, the, it's amazing. These young kids and even grown men come up and they're They're shaking. They're so excited. They're like, oh, come here, brother. Give me a hold and a thumbs up, you know, and uh, of course, Lou Ferrigno's there. He's a pain in the... Uh, never mind, but that's a whole story. Mended that fence. <laughs> a little too much juice, I think, but anyway, that's another story. But, but yeah, I had a yeah, well, great time at the con, and of course, now, uh, this week, uh, this Friday, I'm flying up to State College, Pennsylvania. I'm doing a minor league baseball game game with the uh, State College Spikes, the uh, minor league for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I'll be up there. I'll throw out the first pitch. You know, I do a little skit with a mascot. And if they need any base running, I try to help out.
1: You know, somebody <laughs> sent me uh, some video, Jim, of you Uh-oh. mentioned going to these. these no, these, <laughs> well, the, you mentioned going to some of these, you know, minor league uh, sports team uh, events. I know you do a lot of baseball ones, but they had one. And I don't know if you remember it, but it was at a, uh, a hockey game. And you like wallop this mascot with a two by four? Oh, do, you, yeah. do you remember that
0: event? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they told me to go ahead and hit him, and I thought, you know, he had all this padding. You know, so <laughs> I, I'm out there, oh, oh, and man, I boom, and I hit the guy with a two by four, and he went down. Oh, did he I, go down? I just thought he was selling pretty good. You know, I said, that's not Sean <laughs> Michaels, that's for sure. But <laughs> he went down for the board, and anyway, so I got, I finally go backstage after the deal, and they got all the kids that throw out the t-shirts and do all the skits, you know, and they're all, everybody's glaring at me. They're all putting house yeah. on their buddy, who's the mascot. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Everything good? And they're like, you almost killed him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you said the so next time, wear some padding, yeah, kid. Right, yeah. Oops. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're going to sound like, man, that was great. You sold yeah, it. You sold it really kind of like hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> where was it? Do you remember where that was? I think it was I, Nashville. I, I should, Nashville with the Predators.
0: And, uh and yeah. And I think it was the actually the the Maple Leaf mascot, or uh, I believe it was. And yeah. Of course, so oh, next God. time I went up to Canada, they were like, Bo, We'll kill you!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, God, forget about hockey down here. You know, you go up there, they're ready to lynch me. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, those guys can fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the fans. Yeah, 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 they skate pretty well too, but they can fight like hell. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, if you you got to check this out, I got to find it. I'll put it up somewhere because really, the guy he just goes down. It's like,
0: thought a sniper got him, you know? Incoming! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, from now on, those mascots, they go down like they've been shot. <laughs> go you know, down before I even out. hit them. They're like, oh, we're, yeah. down, yeah. we're down, Axel, we're down.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're like a union. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, the yeah, word's yeah. out.
0: Well, you know, in the, in the old days, you want to get your gimmick over, so I got the
1: two-by-four over. Well, <laughs> yeah. they're like, uh, did you bring the rubber one? Hey! Oh, okay. <laughs> we want to live through this one. <laughs> Oh well that's that's great. But uh, you know I'm love uh, it's great that you do these events because you you know you talk about the 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 uh the people that go to these and uh mm-hmm. You know, the WrestleCons, the Comic-Cons, uh, well, that's, uh, uh, these people that go to these minor league games. I mean, they, they're super fans, you know. They just love uh, uh, everything minor about Minor
0: league it. games, minor league hockey games. It's such a fun night out. I mean, it's a whole family affair. They always have uh, something for everybody. And a wrestler, you know, a T-shirt giveaway, you know, a, a costume contest. And, of course, uh, there's the, like Comic-Cons. And after I do the, uh, the, comic, or the uh, baseball game up in State College on Friday, I fly back to Columbia, South Carolina. It's the Cola City Comic Con, right here in Columbia. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to do
1: close to home, which is always a bonus. Well, that's great. Uh, also, we've got some uh, some good news to report uh, uh, this week, and I know it's it's been out there in the uh, the wrestling world, but. Uh, uh, I know you're really pleased to hear this as the, as the, well, the rest of the fans of Ric Flair. He'd been hospitalized. And really, uh, I think that people are now just realizing what kind of a serious uh, situation he was involved in. But uh, great news that Ric Flair is, he's conscious and doing better. Uh, and, and that word out. I don't know if you've heard any more. Uh, Jim, but uh, that's
0: great news. Yeah. Everybody's uh, relieved about that. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was such a shock. I mean, he went in for a regular checkup and boom, all of a sudden he's, he's fighting for his life. I mean, I think it caught everybody yeah. off guard and it was good to see, hopefully that he's turned the corner and getting better. I mean, uh, you know, there's only a, f- a few of us old timers left. And we all pretty much stay in touch. And of course, I don't want to be bothering Wendy and Rick or at this time and give him, give him some space. And, uh, And we'll see him once he gets out of the hospital. God bless him.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's another thing that, uh, you know, Rick is really not that old, really, in terms of, uh, you know, lifespan. But uh, the life he's lived, it's been. uh, Well, wrestlers in general, it's not the years,
0: it's the mileage. It's kind kind of like a used car. It's only a couple of years. But boy, he's got a lot of mileage
1: on it. Yeah. And I know that the uh, one of the the managers. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) No, it's not all highway, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, Melinda morris who's who's, uh, I guess, involved with his his management company, Legacy Talent, um, put out a bunch of tweets. And I just thought they're, uh, you know, she must be know Rick pretty well. Uh, the, a couple of the tweets here, happy to report uh, Rick Flair Nature Boy—that's his handle, his Twitter handle—is awake, communicating, and progressing, but there are complications, so needs rest for the first time in 40 years, which I think most of us believe. And then it's another one—he did cut a promo on a nurse yesterday, so anyone that knows <laughs> Rick Flair knows that's a very, very good sign. And then, uh, on behalf of uh, Rick Flair Nature Boy, thank you for the outpouring of prayers and well wishes. Although the offers for a kidney seemed a little excessive. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's got some great fans. I mean, the people willing to give up body parts for him, Jim. Yeah. I mean, one of the most beloved
0: guys in our sport, uh, without without question. I mean, everybody, probably the most imitated guy in the business, you know, with a ding, ding, yeah. woo! I mean, Rick is Rick, and uh, everybody's pulling for him. I'm not surprised folks offered him a kidney, you know. As we were talking about earlier, <laughs> Mean Gene's gone through a few kidneys over the years. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jen, uh, Gene didn't do it in the ring, though. It's uh but anyway. <laughs> That's, that's another story. Yeah, well, I'm not sure
0: Rick did neither, brother.
1: Neither did I. Of course, I lost a
0: kidney too. I can't. I don't know if I can blame blame that on ring work. Yeah, I don't
1: know if you've taken a rest in forty years either, Jim. So hey, was that a shot? No, you need to take it easy. Not <laughs> well, just I am I mean, I'm taking Labor
0: Day weekend off. I'm taking Labor Day weekend off.
1: Okay, that's you know I mean? awesome. Glad
0: I, to hear that. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy on the, on the road, you know. And oh, before I go too much far, I got to remember this, uh, uh, Sean. If I can, September 11th in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm doing a, a folds of honor. Uh, a uh, uh, clay shooting with Lee Bryce honoring mm-hmm. the families of fallen f- servicemen and, and uh, the armed forces. And it's a, oh, wow. a, a clay shoot there in Nashville. Lee Bryce, the big, big-time big country western singer, is putting it on. And, of course, it's for the uh, folds of honor for the, you know, the, they fold the flag to give to the families. And uh, it's going to be a, a great event and hopefully raise a lot of money for these families. September 11th, Nashville. And it's it's clay shooting, you know. I do golf tournaments. I got a two by four in my bag. I do a fishing tournament. I don't know which end of a rod is. At least I know which one the way to point a gun, you know.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. I know you're a pretty good shot with that two x four. How were you with a rifle? And I imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, this, growing this up in up right upstate. Up right? Yeah,
0: growing up in upstate. <laughs> you're much better than a golf game, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> well, when you play with a, a real wood, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> that was pretty good, Sean. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I was so surprised. <laughs> that was a shot. Was that a shot? <laughs> yeah, that was a shot. Go get the T-shirt, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's the plug. All right, we had another poll this week, uh, Jim, uh, and uh, featuring pork. three topics Legends House. Ah, gosh, I want to get that show out there, but uh, we just can't seem to get it over the hill here. Uh, also, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and his time with the WCW, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, I think people know this. It <laughs> that was, was just dramatically not close. <laughs> <laughs> or jake. let's
0: have a landslide <laughs> i've got feelings you know, too mooney a- <laughs> <laughs> big guys got bigger feelings you know larger nerve endings we actually hurt more that's right oh
1: the tears just flow right
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, yeah but go ahead yeah jake yeah go ahead brother
1: yeah, well, it was dramatically close. Uh, people, we, you know, uh, I thought Legends House was going to win this because when we first put this poll out, it went way out to a big lead. So and I wasn't then, even uh, in the running, is what you're saying, huh? Uh, you were close. I, no, I, you were I, I, there. Go ahead. I'm look at, it, look at the poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How else can I make you feel better? Yeah, at this? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you sent me a very nice we microphone. Confused with the two topics, Hacksaw and WCW. Maybe it <laughs> just too much. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we just do Hacksaw and then Duggan as the second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely. Know, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But anyway, it came. It was like uh, a two percentage points. It was forty-one to thirty-nine percent. And Jake the Snake Robbers, which is a fantastic topic. Oh, yeah. I, I was hoping you know we would definitely do a show on Jake, and that was. Our main event. That won the the main event today. So we're going to be discussing a real close friend of yours. I don't know if people know that he is actually one of your best friends in life. Jake would have been my uh, best man in my wedding back
0: in 1989, uh, but my dad was my best man. So Jake was my head usher here in little Lugoff, South Carolina. But, yeah, Jake and I were very – actually, I just posted on my Twitter and Facebook a picture of uh, me, Jake, and my dad back in 89 and a picture from last year. Jake and I uh, have been friends for a long, long time. Time. Not that we haven't had her falling out over yeah, the years, long. but uh, we patch things up and uh, we get along. Now it's, it's you know, because everybody knows how well documented Jake's troubles have been. And I didn't talk to him for 12 years. He was a yeah. different guy. He was on the pipe. He was a whole different person. You know, can I borrow some money? I'm, no, you can't borrow some money, brother. That's smoking up. But, uh, you know, now I see him back with his uh, yeah. daughter, Cody. I'm like, brother, hey, it's nice to see you back, buddy. It's, we missed you.
1: Yeah, and uh, we are definitely going to talk about that today, but um, I want to really start kind of at the beginning because one thing I I just found so interesting about uh, the unique relationship that you and Jake have is that you came from so different worlds. Uh, You know, you talk about, you know, you growing up basically in Mayberry, you had a a father who was a really, really strong influence in your life as well as the rest of your family. And um, that certainly was not the case for Jake the Snake Roberts. No,
0: Jake's one of those guys that came up, uh, you know, he, his his dad was a wrestler. Grizzly Smith, you know, Grizzly was a mountain of a man, and he was a, a wrestler. But, of course, Grizzly definitely had uh, his skeletons in the closet. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jake, you know, puts a lot of heat on his dad, you know, the... The sins of the father are inherited by the son. That's,
1: you know, one, was one of his lines. But uh, I know he had a, a, a tough upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll just, you know, let's get to the backstory and intrigue on this to give people a little bit of background on Jake that maybe they really didn't know about. Uh, he was born Aurelian Smith, Jr., no, Aurelian, that's you can give him the business when he's checking in a hotel. Yeah. Aurelian. Yeah. I, wonder, is that, I wonder if he Aurelian. used that when he did check into hotels because I know everybody
0: had. Oh yeah, uh, he a had to. Are you kidding? Yeah. Back in the day, and then did you, sometimes he had yeah. reservations. He tried to check in as Jake the Snake, and like, oh, it's Aurelian. Yeah. <laughs> but did you? He give me the business about my eyes. I get him by his name. Yeah, and
1: we're gonna go off the tracks right away here since we mentioned it. Did you have a? <laughs> there it is. I can hear it. Uh, did you have a? a uh, alias that you use because i know people i know sergeant slaughter went by matt burns you know did you have uh an alias that you would use when you would go to hotels and that kind of thing you know to, to no, nobody ever bothered me jim duggan <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: well you know back in the day i'd say ed meadows i'd use my middle name and my mom's maiden name mm-hmm. but uh You know, but but nowadays, you know, you obviously can't do it. And like I said back in the day, nobody was calling my room bothering me. That's the old joke I had. Girls pounding on my door all night.
1: I finally got up and let them all out. (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, yeah, but uh, he was Aurelian Aurelian Smith. That's his his real name, and his father is uh, Grizzlies. First name was Aurelian, so he is a junior, Um, and he has a half brother, Michael. And a half-sister, Robin, who were also wrestlers, and many uh, may know that, uh, you know, that is the case. uh, uh, His Michael was known as Sam Houston, and then, of course, Rockin' Robin, which uh, she was around during uh, the time that I was with the WWF when she was uh, wrestling in the women's division. Um, But Jake has made no secret, you know, of the strained relationship that he had had uh, with his, his late father, uh, and says he broke into wrestling determined to be better than ever, than ever uh, than his father was in the business. And uh, in the 1999 documentary, Beyond the Mat, he uh, stated that he would shove the business up his father's rear, and he would go on to saying, guess what? I did it, and guess what? It didn't matter. But uh, however that happened, Jim, I think we're all uh, fortunate that for whatever reason it was to make him continue and uh, and succeed in the world of professional wrestling, uh, that happened. <laughs> because uh yeah, and it's, just,
0: it's such a sad story to have that kind of relationship with your pop you know i mean jeez god bless him i i knew grizzly smith but i not you know when i the the time i spent with him i didn't know any of his background he always was a gentleman always very professional with me mm-hmm. but obviously there were some horrible skeletons in the closet back there and and it, it scarred jake and I, I don't know if that was his driving force in his career, but obviously, you know, Jake was is one of the best ever. I mean, not only with the gimmick, the look, the interview, the, the, the whole, Jake is definitely, you know, the, the total package. Uh, forget Lex Luger. Jake uh, Jake could do it, and different than everybody else. Yeah. I'd be out there, I'd be screaming, you know, and Jake would come out and say something low-key and yeah. really heavy.
1: You know, it's a slow burn. A different
0: type yeah. of wrestler. Yeah, different yeah. type of wrestler.
1: Well, as the legend goes, you know, he started his career uh, in the Louisiana area and uh, paid his dues with Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling and Georgia Championship Wrestling Territories, but it was really the uh, Mid-South uh, wrestling gym, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong as far as where he really uh, came into his own, and that's where I really wanted to start with you because uh, I don't know at, at what point you met him, but uh, you know, take it from there when you first met up with Jake Roberts. Well, you know, again, we
0: talk about Mid-South, a unbelievable tr- uh, proving ground, training ground for wrestlers. I mean, not only for wrestling guys to learn their actual business of in-ring work, but the microphone, the travel, and everything else. And it's funny that we always come up about that's how good of a territory it was. But when I first made, met Jake, I didn't like him at all. We didn't get along very well at all. I mean... Uh, he was a different type of guy than than, uh, than I was, uh, and uh, but our relationship kind of grew, and we got to respect each other, and we and we, uh, we be- became not great friends, but good friends down there in mid south. And then when he went up to New York, uh, that's when our, our relationship really blossomed. He was, matter of fact, instrumental in having me to come up to the WWW or WWF because you know I always say Jake Yard uh junkyard dog, went up for WrestleMania one jake went up for wrestlemania 2 jake called me he said hey brother this is the place to be you know i called vince mcmahon and, and and made an offer to come up and and he told me to give my notice work my way out which was very professional at mid-south and i went up for wrestlemania 3 and then ted came up for four but uh, jake was the one to say hey you know this is this is the place to be and that was the motivating factor for me to leave mid-south
1: yeah, and before we we uh, talk about that move, Jim, and uh, how everything really just uh, skyrocketed for all you guys, uh, tell me more about that operation with Mid South because the more I read about it, and the more I uh, you know see some of these matches, and it just uh, what was it that is, is is as far as and I don't know as far as an operation went, but it just seemed to be this great. Uh, place to develop and bec- and and develop the characters and develop the you know the uh the persona that these guys had what was it about that operation because there were others as i mentioned you know there was uh you know the mid atlantic and there was uh, you know the georgia championship but what was it about mid south that just made that so special even you
0: know you think like georgia and uh, nwa up in minnesota even texas i don't think any other territory ran as many shows as mid-south i mean we would run week in week out nine times a a week you'd have double shots on saturdays and double shots on sundays you drive three thousand miles a week was an average week of driving a lot of two-lane roads but looking back at it, we were all a bunch of young guys. You know, it was a big party. Hey, we're going to Shreveport tonight. Woo, Little Rock tomorrow, Oklahoma City, bing, boom. And, you know, all the fans knew what hotel we stayed at. And uh, so we'd have, a, it was a big party one night after another. Now, It was hard, too, because it was a, a lot of uh, a lot of traveling and uh, a lot of work in the ring. But not only did you develop, because that's the only way to get better in our business. These guys that go to the wrestling schools, that's great. That's a good little, just to get the basics. But if you want to get better in our business, you have to perform in front of people. Even if it's only 15 people, as long as you're performing in front of folks, you get that feedback. And of course, back then you'd have guys coming in and out of the territory so you'd learn different styles of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so not only you, you're in-ring work you know, and Watts was a you know taskmaster. He'd watch and and he'd critique, and if he didn't like it, he'd slap people around, punch. This is how you throw a punch. You mm-hmm. never want Bill Watts to just demonstrate a pull throw a punch because he'd almost knock your ass out. Yeah. You know, that's the way to do it. Boom. You know, I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure that's that the way would. to do it, Bill. But uh, and then also your interviews. You know, you wouldn't do one generic interview. You'd do a different interview for every city. And Bill was sitting right there. And he'd do that one again. I didn't like that one. So you learn how to talk in the microphone. So the three basic things of of wrestling, the actual in-ring work you'd learn, the talking on the the mic you'd learn, and the travel you learn, which is also a very hard part of our business to be traveling like that, flying and going all the time. It's uh, hard on your personal life. So some people have the attributes to be a wrestler but can't handle the personal life.
1: Yeah, and did you see uh – Jake developed do you remember seeing how you know how he just kind of started to really develop that persona in mid-south and say you know this guy's going to go somewhere I think you, you probably should ask Jake that question to me because Jake was, compared to
0: me, was extremely polished uh, by the time he was in Mid South. I mean, I was very raw, to say the least, really green. Uh, Ted and Jake both uh, helped uh, influence me, my, my wrestling. You know, that's the old deal. They're like, Hacksaw, what's your favorite move? I said, a kick and punch. What are you talking about? What's my favorite <laughs> yeah, move? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? I'm a brawler, you know, but. Uh, uh, I think they probably
1: saw my progression more than than I saw theirs yeah and you know you know Jake uh kind of gives credit to uh you know the, the Jake the Snake persona uh to uh you know the snake uh uh, uh you know with with uh, Jake the Snake the Sna- uh, stabler um you know with the Oakland Raiders right um, and that that that's how he came up with that name but did was there any like affiliation with snakes i looked at a lot of matches and he didn't have the snake around when did that start happening I think that was up in WWE they started, yeah. uh, you know, because I mean. That, so he never it, saw, you never saw that stuff back then? They, that wasn't, it was just more I of know the, he wouldn't you know.
0: carry it all the time. I don't know if they ever brought it in. You know, some of the fans yeah. might know if they brought it in for a special deal or not. But I think for him to carry it around, yeah, that was, because, you know, the 10-foot python's an expensive thing to be dragging around. And, you know, we would go through them, not like big lighters, but we would go those, through those snakes once in a while. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a WWF uh, production deal.
1: Yeah, so um, Jake uh, talks a lot about those crowds, and I think that that probably helped with your development too. That uh, that you know, of course, you experienced some tremendous crowds with the WWF. But what was the difference between those crowds that uh, they had uh, down at Mid South? Um, you know, Jake talked in one of its interviews where he said, you know, they would they would go to you guys would go to security before the matches even started and say how many fights have been out in the crowd. And if you had six or seven, you knew it was going to be a good night. So,
0: yeah, there was a lot of fights, you know, back in the day. And and of course, that's that's probably the big difference. You know, uh, Mid-South, that was a dangerous, dangerous territory. I don't know. You know, WWF, you had heat and stuff, but uh you know, sometimes at the back, all the heels would have to walk out to their cars together. There'd be a mob of people out there, and they'd throw stuff at you. I carried a gun. Pretty much everybody had a gun under their seat. Uh, wow. Was, you, know, that's, you know, it was a, a tough, rough territory. And Bill Watts like, hey, you want to try one of the wrestlers? Sign the waiver. You Come on up in the ring. Come on up. Fight one of the wrestlers. So every local tough guy wanted to get in the ring. Of course, we had Dr. Death Steve Williams, NCAA champion. You know, he'd stretch them before they get very far, but uh, that was a very tough. tough atmosphere I mean, and sometimes I remember one time I was in the LaRanja, Louisiana and I, I hit a you know, you know, junkyard dog with a chair and I'm fighting with the people and I get with the back and I tell the security guy I'm like Jesus why didn't you help me out there why didn't you help me he goes well you shouldn't hit the dog with a chair <laughs> <laughs> I mean the security guy's in on the show I'm like brother
1: yeah, right. like, uh,
0: really <laughs> it's my job I'm supposed to, you know, maybe, you need to yeah,
1: maybe you should have smartened up at least the security guards Jim <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, and then who's gonna beat the dog, the dog, dog? right the the ones, ones. Yeah,
0: no kidding. and then that's the deal also you know if you had a hot finish all the heels stayed to the end we got a hot we were our own security uh, many times we go out i got to digress a little bit off off track again that's that sound <laughs> anyway uh-huh. we, we were uh at a, a show in oklahoma city And it was uh, Mr. Wrestling number two versus Ted DiBiase, and of course, Ted's the heel. The night before, they had motocross, so they had pushed all the dirt up. So we had to sit higher up in the stands to see the ring. And it's like King Kong, Bundy, myself, and a couple other guys down the aisle. All of a sudden' it's a hot finish. Teddy loads the glove. Boom, he knocks out two. He starts to head back to the dress room. Here They served milk mixed drinks in Oklahoma City. Oh at the show. Here comes the fans. They're all attacking Teddy. We all jump up to run down the, the stairs to help him. But the first one going down the stairs is Bundy, and he's going one step. At a time. (laughs) We're
1: all like, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go. You know, these guys are like, where the hell are
0: you guys? You guys beat, getting beaten to death. (laughs) We're all
1: piled up behind Bundy. Oh, my God. So it really was that crazy. I mean, uh, that the, the, ah. you would many nights fight your way back to the locker room, literally. Yes. You
0: know, I've, I've had him in the ring. I was wrestling uh, Tony Atlas, of all people, in the, the Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. And I'm beating the hell out of a Tony, and then wham, I get hit in the back of the head. And I turn around. There's a big, tall, skinny guy in a cowboy hat, and he's dancing around him like. Come here, and, and I get a hold of him. I start working him a little bit, and now security's there, and they got him by the leg. They're trying to pull him out of the ring. I'm like, uh-uh. Uh-huh. He, he's here now. He's mine. You know? That's right. I thought you, he was with those bro. people, man. They were throwing chairs and everything else in the ring to save their buddy. But good heat. Yeah, that was his. That was his grandmother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's how you pick your targets, brother. So, what were some of the worst cities?
1: That you guys are, that that were known Sometimes for uh, the
0: smaller towns, brother. That you know aren't used to the uh, the, the security problem. You know, Houston, New Orleans, uh, Dallas, places like that. They, they have the steel barricades and stuff. You're down in Houma, Louisiana. You know, LaRanja. there's small towns, that people don't see wrestling that much. And that's the old joke that people say. Oh, that was so funny. The old lady hit the wrestler with a cane. Yeah. Unless you're the wrestler getting hit with a cane. <laughs> I mean, you know you know, uh and guys have yes, you it's know, a I-
1: cute Bowie knife that she stabbed you with.
0: Yeah, all <laughs> those yeah, yeah, guys have been uh yeah, cut and stabbed. I I had a, a woman come in the dressing room with a gun back in Little Rock. Uh, uh, it was dangerous being in a heel back in the day. It was it was before it was sports entertainment, you know. Uh, yeah. people. You know, you're know, you beating up Ricky Moore. You're killing Ricky. Oh, help Ricky. <laughs>
1: and sometimes they'd be out there to help Ricky. Oh, okay. So uh, with, with Jake, though, and uh, we know they tried to make him a, a, a heel in the WWF. It just didn't work. Was it the same? I mean, was he just over down there as well? Yeah. Yeah
0: kind of like the Undertaker over, yeah. you know, that kind of dark uh, kind of character over. And, uh, you know, and that's what I always said. The, the best characters are just an extension of your own personality. You know, Jake Roberts is definitely in there with Aurelian Smith. I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. As Hacksaw's in here with Jim Duggan and the Million Dollar Man is in there with Ted. I mean, uh, the best characters are the ones that are just an extension. And, and Jake, I tell you, he, he was uh, Jake the Snake, Uh yeah, he he actually put on my bachelor party, which is a whole other story. Yeah.
1: does that would that have to? Are you going to be able to share some of that since we are talking about Jake the Snake Roberts?
0: Oh yeah, well you know it was funny because uh, my family of course is terrified of Jake. He scares them. My three sisters yeah. more than well, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they hated Jesse, no, but they, they were afraid of Jake. Genuinely you know. afraid of Jake. Yeah. Yeah, he thought he was a bad influence on me. But anyway, uh, yeah, we were we were in Detroit. You know, we come in. There was great strip joints in Detroit. I. I heard you
1: heard. Uh, it. You know, the
0: landing strip. Jake told me all about him, BTS and everything. So anyway, we get to the the Detroit, and we get. He goes, "Oh, hacker," he says. "I'm sorry. I was going to have a big, uh, big party for you, but it's Sunday. All the clubs are closed on Sunday." I'm like, "Hey, no big deal, Slippery. Don't worry about it." <laughs> you know. So we get back to the hotel. I put my bag in my hotel. I went down to his room. I knocked on the door. He opened the door. It was wall to wall strippers. A to Z any possible drug booze or anything you could possibly want I lost about three days there you know that was long before (laughs) that weekend in Vegas or whatever that uh, where they black out I lost three days I was gone and the tiger in the room was the least of my problems (laughs) (laughs) because
1: they were all (laughs) (laughs) off so they were available Uh, to come by
0: uh, (laughs) and, and of course my family you know that's before cell phones they just thought I was supposed to fly home and I'm missing for three days and they're panicking and, oh, well. Did you ever leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I went back. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kidding, brother? I failed to answer that on the grounds that may incriminate myself. <laughs> Uh, slippery. Is that, what, is that I
1: your uh, your pet name for uh, Jake? Is that something that, that... Oh, <laughs> that's, that's what I call I call him slippery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the story behind that one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he'll slip out of a tough situation. You know, back in the day, you know, you'd be a lot of times you'd be in a little sticky spot in these local bars and stuff. You know, you look to your left, there'd be Doctor Dusty Williams. You look to your right, there'd you know, there'd be Terry Gordy or Piper. You turn around, Jake, be gone. <laughs> I said, he's the last guy you'd want driving your getaway car. You'd yeah. <laughs> be out. backing out of the 7-Eleven going,
1: uh, Jake. <laughs> all right. Huh. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> so we got off the track a little bit. And we will do it again, folks. But, uh, uh, you know, that Jim, I started Drake- Jake related. Yes, absolutely. So we weren't that far off the track. But, um, you know. One year I think had to be a tremendous year for a lot of the the wrestlers and many of them uh, who went on to tremendous career careers in the WWF was 1985 with with Mid South and I, I I wonder if you recall that as being a, a real great year because you not much longer after that you were on your way to the WWF and uh, Jake would follow uh, not much uh, later than that um, but I watched a match between. Uh, Jake and Ted DiBiase at WrestleFest in July of 1985. And it seemed to be really a, a peak for uh, Mid-South. And uh, do you remember that, that event? And they, and they had a, a really uh, huge crowd there and uh, a great match between Ted DiBiase and Jake Roberts. And I think you could tell right then that those two were destined for uh, the big show. Yeah, I think you could just look
0: at their resume and see that they're, they're going to go there. I mean, they're like Kurt Henning. They, they just belong in the WWF. They belonged on the world stage. They were that good. And, of course, you know, what better fold for a Sabre than Jake and Teddy? They they match yeah. up good. And uh, you got two of the, the best, two uh, second generation guys out there, kind of a clinic for the other uh, young guys to watch.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and seven months later, uh, after that, Jake was in the WWF and he made his debut at uh, uh, WrestleMania 2, where he uh, defeated George Wells. And um, that's when folks really got their first chance to see Damien. And I should say Damien the first, right, Jake? I mean, right, Jim, because <laughs> there were many. Damians, yeah, we went through a few snakes over the
0: years. That's for sure. But but I tell you what, the the pythons, they were much more durable than the cobras. <laughs> the, yeah. cobras the cobras didn't serve. They weren't uh, made for travel.
1: No, they didn't. Uh, yeah, they didn't travel like, well. And uh, yeah, one of Jake's best stories,
0: I think, is when the python got loose. I believe it was at Newark Airport on the tarmac. Got out of the bag and out of the uh, the thing is crawling around the runway and all scaring all the
1: uh, airline workers. So. Oh yeah, and he tells that story that um, you know when they when he would travel with that, then they put it in in uh, you know the cargo area, and uh, he said he would have that thing. Yeah, yeah, but no, no kidding. You're, it was in a bag in a trunk <laughs> that was locked, and he yeah. said that hey, I I'm not going to get that thing because it's it's pissed off for one thing, and <laughs> somebody had to take that thing out of there. It doesn't just you know it's it's not Houdini, just, Right, yeah, so. Yeah.
0: But I tell it's the old deal. People, well, you know the, the pythons—they're not poisonous. And I said, no, but it's got a mouth on you like a great dane. It'll definitely bite your butt. That's for sure. And yeah, and uh, he has scars and, all over him. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was used to the snake because I traveled with Jake all the time. I was used to Damien, but man, it, it sometimes. It, it was, it was kind of... Of it was an irritable snake. Imagine a poor snake. And you'd always hate to have to wrestle after Jake because that snake would live in the bag and everything. Um. And then all of a sudden, you'd be in... You know, he'd be he dumped out of the bag in front of 20,000 people at the arena with all the lights. Everybody's screaming. The guy's running around the ring. It scared the shit out of the poor snake. <laughs> All over the ring, I, it was always nasty to have to to wrestle after. Well, not all the time, but a lot of times you didn't want to wrestle after Jake. Yeah, I literally scared the as you said. They
1: uh, stink yeah. out the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> that was a shot slippery. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I always could. I was always amazed because I know that the, the that those pythons would bite, I, but I always wondered like, oh. what was it? That would trigger that because, you know, some of the stuff they did in the, uh, out in the ring and you have to imagine getting tossed out, a, you know, onto the canvas after being in that bag, uh, you know, completely in the dark and then, uh, you know, being thrown around like that, why they never bit the wrestlers in the ring. Surprisingly, I'm sure somewhere along the road, a few guys have
0: been bit that's been probably not on camera. But also, Jake had a lot of heat with a lot of guys. A lot of guys, you know, the Hawk, the road warrior, didn't like uh, Jake too much. Uh, the Bulldogs, you know, they would always, you know, sometimes somebody would put the boots to the snake, you know, why it's in the bag or pick it up and drop it a couple times just to piss the snake off. So when the snake did come out of the bag, it'd be, like, vicious. So there was a... You know, uh, some mean things going on. Mean type of ribs. Uh, that you know, uh, lucky they said somebody didn't really get hurt with that snake.
1: Now, did he have to get used to being around this, or was it was he? You know. Uh I I, I think, that, you know, but... to, to this day,
0: Jake says he doesn't like snakes. Oh, you know. Wow. Well, well. <laughs> I, I guess I wouldn't
1: like him after dragging the damn thing around for 20 well, years. Well, I was going to say, you know, Jim, that had to be one of the worst gimmicks ever. Because oh, I mean, maybe oh, Coco with the bird, but when you got to no, take no, care no. of that.
0: Yeah, the bulldog with the with the uh, with the bulldog, British yeah. bulldog. Lisa was I a mean, dog. Yeah, eat or have to go to the bathroom. I'd glad. That's why Bobby Heenan kept going. Give him an eagle, Duggan, and give him an eagle, Vincent. Like, Shut up, Bobby. But uh, uh, that—that'd be hard to carry that snake around. And uh, that's his, I'd walk into an arena with Jake, and i be like, Can somebody find me a two by four and get him a ten foot
1: python? You know? <laughs> yeah, I got one in back. No, but he would have to take you know, that mean, snake with him everywhere he went, and you know, oh, it's not like man. he just threw it into cars all the time. He had to. Tra- he had uh-huh. to get on planes. Snakes uh, on planes. Oh, man, you know, well, what, I'll tell
0: you a quick little story about the snake. Since it's traveling in the bag, it would always try to get out of the bag, you know. Yeah. It always push it get the bag. And this one time, Jake and I were in this big rented Lincoln, and we're like in Mississippi or somewhere, and we're, we're late for a show. So we're flying down the highway, you know, and Im- imagine me and Jake being late for a show, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but we had a great theory back in. Yeah, if you're gonna be late, be so late that they're happy to see you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> thank God you made it instead of where the hell you been. Thank yeah. God you guys made the show. But anyway, we're we're heading to the the show and the snake gets out of the bag. In the yeah, car? In, in the car, in the back seat of the car. I'm driving. Jake's sitting next to me. We're boom, flying on this two-lane road, you know. And I look in the mirror, and this huge, giant head, snake head is over my shoulder, you know. Oh, and like, oh. So I slam on the brakes. We go sliding into, uh, like, a, a Stucky's-type uh, restaurant, Cracker Barrel, with all the kids are out there playing, and the folks are in the rocking chair. <laughs> Jake, we come sliding into the parking lot, jump out, open the back door. We're fighting with a snake. <laughs> you know, stuff it back in the bag and drive off. Oh my god! And like people are sitting there watching, like with their oh mouths yeah. open. You know, you know to this, you know to this day, they're going, "You're not going to believe it." <laughs> <laughs> These two guys had a giant snake in the back of their car.
1: <laughs> they jump out of there and they're wrestling that thing they and he's all over the place.
0: And then they drove off with a snake still in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a sight. Uh, oh, and I tell you, strippers always loved uh, the snake. You know, they, you know, he'd go to a strip joint, and Jake would talk about being in his element, man. Jake and the strippers. But anyway, uh, uh oh, he yeah, i heard about a few of them. those stories. I just read about them. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> speaking of poles, <laughs> 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 but but he dragged that snake out, and it, it, uh, it'd be a fun night, that's for sure. Uh scaly.
1: yeah. I <laughs> bet. And that's maybe where Slippery came from, but maybe that's another story, <laughs> right? Okay, moving right along. Uh he had uh you know, Jake had some uh <laughs> some Tremendous! Unless you got another story for me, because I won't move forward if you want. If you got something else with this, (laughs)
0: well, I I got. What about the uh, the Cobra? If you want to hear real quick, Sean? Yeah, bring it. Because you know uh, they they did that big angle with uh, the Cobra is going to bite Macho Man, and and and, uh, so and of course we're all in the dress room playing cards. You know, Andre and everybody, and uh, Hogan and, and Albert, the Snake guy, comes in with this big bag. He goes, "I got the Cobra with us." And everybody's like, yeah, Cobra, Shmoba. Nobody's putting it over, you know. He yeah. throws the Cobra on the floor out of the bag, and the darn thing stands up about three foot high with a yeah. big big hood. Now everybody's like, oh, a Cobra. Everybody's leaning away from it now, you know. Well, he goes to grab the darn Cobra, and the Cobra bites him. And, of course, it's de but it still yeah. bites. Like most snakes bite and strike, the Cobra bites and hangs on. So now Ooh. this guy's got the snake hanging on his hand. He's waving his arm. Uh, you talk about a battle royal. He got 30 guys heading for the door all at once, you know. And then Big Andre yeah. comes crashing through. But uh, poor junkyard dog. He's, he, he's sitting. On, we come back in. The snake all calms down and everything. we come back in. I see dogs' boots underneath the, the stall. He's in the bathroom hiding the whole time, you know.
1: <laughs> we should <laughs> I give I a little background brother, on, on Albert,
0: who was it was the snake handler oh he was a strange guy but i take oh, my yeah. i take my belt off and i throw it underneath the stall with jake snake well <laughs> 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 jyd comes running out uh, then snake
1: oh. <laughs> that was another that's yeah. funny yeah. oh wow that was uh, yeah and uh I don't, JYD probably never forgave you for that one. Well, Although, don't. if it would have been a real snake, it would have been even worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, and then not DiBiase goes over to
0: Macho Man, and he's like, uh, you know, Macho, I'm not sure they can get all the poison out of the snake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Teddy's stirring the pot. Macho, what do you mean, brother? What do you mean? You know, poor Macho was always wound so tight. God bless him. And Teddy's like, yeah, I'm not sure they can always get the, uh, the all the poison out of the snake. And, of course, Jake tells a story. I got to give Jake totally credit for this. So, Jake, you know, Macho goes over to Jake and he's like, Jake, I want the snake to bite you first. <laughs> and Jake's yeah. like, hey, we're in the dressing room, you know, with the angles for outside. He goes, no, I want the snake to bite you. So anyway, Jake, you know, does a deal and the cobra, bites Jake on the arm and you know, a little juice., and, all right now, don't take no antidote or nothing, you know, macho. And anyway, so Jake puts a snake back in the bag. Macho goes to the ring. Jake takes the bag. Bang, 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 back. Bang, slap. <laughs> <laughs> slaps the bag. A few times, they get out there, he throws that cobra out of the bag. The cobra flies across the ring, jumps on the macho's arm, blood flowing everywhere. worked out to be a great angle.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one pissed off cobra. That was, uh, say that three times. He's like doing some paintbrush into the the cobra and <laughs> brush cobra. Yeah. And, and that was a huge cobra. I, I want to get into some of these feuds, and I was going to talk about that a little bit further down. But that I remember that, that cobra, was like it, it seemed like it was like 10 feet long. That was a huge yeah, and, snake. And that's
0: the thing. And, and those darn things, I have never really seen a cobra up close like that before. And when they threw it out of the bag, you know, it stands up. The front of it can stand up yeah. probably almost three feet off the ground. That's when everybody's leaning towards the door, you know. And then when it bit, Albert, it's like, escape! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's, goes down. everybody's running for the door
1: you know i tell you you mentioned that guy and uh he was a strange guy but oh. i think you had to be well, to, you, uh, did you think <laughs> well
0: just to be in the nah. dressing room you had to be a strange guy but albert was yeah. to the other extent he had all like spiders and snakes all kinds of like a menagerie of animals or insects and stuff uh Reptiles yeah. in this house. Like, say,
1: hey, hey, fellas, you want to come over for dinner? <laughs> no, 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 that's that's okay. Makes, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. really that guy whenever he would come in, <laughs> yeah, but when, whenever he would come in, I would just go to another part of the arena yeah. because he would have these wooden boxes. Remember everything <laughs> he had, like when he would bring me. Thought that was, and just, you knew there was something in there that was nasty, something you did not want to deal with, and uh, and it was just you know that's the creepy. It was
0: just. That's the same thing. And those things bit. Zahorian, the doctor would bring with
1: wooden boxes back. (laughs) (laughs) The guys wanted to see those, though. Uh Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, as we move on here, you know, uh, Jake got a a tremendous push even coming in. He, He became they saw right away. Uh, the kind of pop he was getting with fans there when he came in—it was just, uh, you know, pretty much immediate. And one of you remember one of his first major feuds that he had was with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And um, I, I'm sure you remember this, Jim. One of the uh, one of the Saturday nights main events. This is back in May of 1986. Uh, they had this angle going with with Ricky. And they wanted they, them to do this spot outside of the ring. There were no mats around this ring; it was cement floor. And they wanted uh, Jake to do the DDT on Steamboat, and Steam and uh, and Jake did not want to do it. He just thought it was too dangerous because you, uh, when you see uh, Jim uh, or Jake do that move, it's it's you know split second when he drops to the the canvas. And apparently, Steamboat said, "No, no, I can get my you know I can protect myself." Well, if you ever if you watch that video, uh, he goes down and it is head first to the cement, and just went out. I mean, he was out, dead, dead weight. Do you remember that that uh, that night and hearing anything about what uh, how bad that was, Jim? Well, yeah, I remember
0: everybody's really concerned about Ricky because, like yeah. you said, he was out out like a light, man. Boom, you know. And of course, that was before all the big concussions type, you know, worries and stuff. So I'm yeah. I'm sure he had a concussion over that. That was oh, like, no, lucky. No that you problem. get that DDT is a dangerous, dangerous move. And Jake, uh, Jake the. discovered that i believe he's the one that that's his move he he developed it and of course you know it was a great what a beautiful fast quick stunning finish and of course now it's a high spot nowadays but back then you got hit
1: with the ddt it was over one two three he had the one, uh, you know, convulsion, and then it was it. He would just do the cover. Yeah. But uh, it, it, folks, if folks, you ever want to check that out on the on the network, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's the Saturday Night's main event from May of 1986. You yeah, didn't and, Ricky having a big iguana for a while, right? Yeah, he had a komodo dragon. Komodo he, dragon. Yeah, when yeah. they, 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 they worked the neck,
0: you imagine traveled around with that thing. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the rumor in the old Boston Garden. They said, you know, uh, Ricky the Dragon's kimono dragon got loose in the garden. Nobody could
1: ever find it, and it oh. grew to about six feet, eating all the rats in the old yeah. Boston Garden. You know? they, they lose a they lose a, a ring a, a guy every once in a while, right? Never see him again.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, There's no. cat was here about, about an hour ago. I don't
1: know what happened to him. There's no no cats in the arena. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's for damn sure. But uh, really, getting back to that. Uh, that match uh, when when he dropped him and he you know he picks him up and he's still going and puts him in the ring, I mean just dead weight, and I think that uh, everybody was pretty much aware that you know this was it wasn't uh, you know it was not a good situation, but uh, you know it, it was
0: revealed after that. The- example how many guys get hurt out there and the show just goes on I mean it's a very physical business you know that as I said before people say hey I saw you threw a punch you missed a guy by six inches I said yeah, yeah. but you see when I hit him by six inches yeah, when, he, when, it, when he got all six both, inches right yeah it goes uh, it goes both ways and you know it's a physical business and people get hurt out there and lucky Ricky didn't get hurt much worse than that you see some guys get uh, you know totally disabled for life out there
1: yeah um, they as i mentioned you know when they came up i mean they really thought that jake was going to be this great heel but as you mentioned he had that persona which we've seen we 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 saw you know develop with the undertaker and then uh you know others like uh stone cold that they kind they blurred that line between uh you know uh, that yeah yeah. yeah yeah and he was certainly one of those i you know one of the first really that yeah. that uh, got away with that, and you know, and it's like he had no choice in a sense because th- just the way his the way he was in that ring, people loved him, and, and no matter you know what he did, you know, yeah. and uh, they tried to do they did this. Uh, uh, he challenged Randy Savage that November uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, and they were building this up, Jim. You know that uh, you know Vince was one of the announcers, and you know how the fans were not going to uh, you know. Uh, going to be going and you know cheering for this guy because you know savage was over and to everyone's surprise at least backstage that was not the case the fans were you know cheering for jake through that whole match right and at that point they started to realize okay this isn't probably going to work with them fight city hall
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. you got to go with the way the fans like a lot of folks at the cons and stuff are saying they're pushing Roman Reigns too hard. You know, if the fans aren't there with it, you can't fight it. You don't push it. And the fans were behind Jake, so they didn't try to make him a heel. They just went with the flow and like I said, he was. If if not, I'm sure he wasn't the very first, but one of those gray type guys, the evil bad or evil good guy. And he's just yeah. and Sean, he's a bad boy. Yeah, he's he's the same way at the comic cons. I do come. I got one coming up in Ohio. With them in the next month, but anyway, you know, keep going, God. I don't want to talk to you. Get out of here. <laughs> just, they love you know, him, right? They love him, man. Oh, you know. And he, yeah. he was drawing uh, mustaches on the kids with a uh, sharpie. <laughs> 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 You know, he's got to tick off the parents. You know, they got signing, a, a whiplash, breasts in front of him. Right? Big snidely whiplash mustache on the kid. You know, <laughs> that night they're scraping it off the kid's face. Jake Roberts. You know, so, um, but yeah. people love him. I, he's I, like, "No, like mom, don't, don't
1: take it off." Mom.
0: Yeah, and then he's always got something to say to the mom too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to say that he's like signing their breasts, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I get done with you, I'm going to take care of mom. Come of course, on. Over. Nowadays, you got to big way down to sign them
0: nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Most of our fans. (laughs) 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 They haven't been updated. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. You might need more
0: than one Sharpie. We had fun 11 shows. This might be the last one. Yeah, (laughs) this is is where we lost
1: our grading. That's That's easy. Complete lyrics. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right, back on track. Not a dream. Uh, but you know, I mentioned though that they, they tried they tried with this with with Jake and I think the last straw was when, you know, when he, he had started to do the snake pit. They realized early on his uh gift with the mic and the and the promos and stuff he could cut. And so remember that the snake pit was, was really popular and they brought uh they wanted to start a feud with him and, and Hogan. And uh, you know, and when he did, he did the DDT uh, to Hogan on the on the set of the, of the Snake Pit, and rather than you know uh, fans being outraged, they cheered for for, for Jake. <laughs> yeah. And you know he yeah and he uh, Jake uh, says that you know it uh, was the fans because they weren't you know they weren't buying it that they basically ruined one of the biggest runs he could have ever had in his career. Because can you imagine, you know, you, yeah, you know what comes right? with getting in the ring with Hogan at that time. I wish I knew I never got a chance. But, yeah, that would yeah, have been but, huge. Yeah. 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 And it didn't happen
0: because. Of course, Jake had a good run anyway. But that's different if you have a run with the big guy. That's for sure. If you're wrestling with Hogan up there at that time, that was where the bread was. Yeah.
1: I mean, because, uh, you know, all those main events. And this is in the house shows were where you really made your money. And, right. and uh, you know, to go to these different houses because you it was a card. And if you were at the top and of the card, main event, you got right. the most money. And it just went down from there, depending on where you were, right? Right. And we were doing, God, how how many house shows? I certainly know because I was in the event center doing all those. But uh, they were doing two and three shows a night uh, at some point. With an A, B, and D, or A, B, and C team.
0: They'd have uh, sometimes uh, three cities a night running with three different crews.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, it it was a machine back then, you know. Yeah, but it's... uh, it's, I mean, in a sense, it's a it's a tribute to to Jake Roberts. But at the same time, that cost him probably a lot of money uh, at the time. A lot of money in the long run. But of course, Jake had
0: a great career, though. I mean, you know, uh, but of course, working with Hogan at that time, that's that's a different level. But still, he had a, a super and still it does. I mean, he's still doing his deal, uh, doing great, living out in Las Vegas now. Uh, it's great to see Jake doing so well. I mean, the DDP What a great job he has done. I mean, Jake had been to two or three big heavy-duty dry-out clinics because Jake was on the pipe. He was hooked on that crap. And, uh, you know, I never thought he'd kick out. I really didn't because he had been and he'd washed out of the other rehabs, moved in with DDP and uh, with that yoga, and not only physically but mentally got Jake back uh, to the way he was before. I mean, which is is
1: great. And uh, it seems as though... You know, he's now helping uh, Scott Hall. He's turned, uh, helped turn his life around. Uh, yeah, Scott, I think that, yeah, you know, that's yeah. probably going to, uh, you know, Dallas is just going, you know, gangbusters with this uh, DDP yoga.
0: DDP but yoga. That, yeah, it's great. It's helped so yeah, many I, people. You see all the tributes and... Uh, Accolades on Twitter and Facebook of how it changed people's lives, you know. And he also, I think DDP offered to help out that, uh, that Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, Manziel? Remember Menin- yeah. Manziel? Yeah. Manziel. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. He offered to help him out. Uh, and obviously what he does is works. I'm sure it's not an easy program. I've, I've been to DDP's place in Atlanta a few times, and uh, he runs a tight ship. But uh, if it,
1: it, it saved
0: Jake's if, who life. Would
1: have, who would have thought? DDP. Yeah. I was, was going to say, Jake. who would have thought uh, – Dallas Page would would have become the Betty would, thought, would become yeah, the Betty Ford kidding. really of uh, you know saving uh, wrestlers and other wrestlers. athletes too. I mean, I, I think yeah. I, I think it'd be great if the WWE because they certainly are, they're connected to all these rehab programs. It should become their rehab program because what's better than to have somebody who's been there in the ring at least and understands the lifestyle that these guys live That's, exactly. So,
0: well, you know, that's the deal WWE now. If somebody has to go to rehab, WWE will pay for your rehab. If if you work for the company, I think for any length of time, if you have to go to rehab, they'll they'll pay for the rehab, which is great. But for a guy like myself that hasn't been to rehab, I'm like, just give me the cash up front. I'm not going to rehab. I mean, don't I get a bonus or something? But it's, it's good to
1: see him helping out the guys that uh, – that are hooked or need to get cleaned out a little bit. Well, and I think in many ways it's going to save uh, a lot we probably would have already lost if uh, there weren't programs like that. They have such stringent drug testing. You know, back in the day when they first started
0: uh, pee testing, you know, guys were cheating like, hell. you know, who's got clean pee? Who's got clean pee? Poor Virgil will be peed out by the end of the day, you know. <laughs> and then it got to the point where uh, they were taking the temperature and they had real elaborate ways to get by with it. You have like a little hand roamer and synthetic pee that you put in there and be the right temperature to it got to the point with WWE, I don't know what the job title is, but there's a the guy that stands there and watches you pee into a bottle—it's uh, very stringent testing. And now it's uh, one test, uh, one failure is a fine, two failures is a suspension, third time is mandatory rehab. And
1: uh, they're trying to clean up their act. Yeah, well, it's that's great uh, for the wrestlers, but even but back then, Jim, and they didn't have someone. You would just go into a, a you know. A stall or yeah, something. You just pee- pee- like, pee. Yeah, you'd
0: just
1: go Yeah, and you'd have somebody like Virgil
0: or somebody that was totally clean, you know, uh, pee in a bottle, and you'd just give it to them, and they weren't taking the temperature. And, of course, you know, that was back when uh, drug testing was in its infancy also, so now it's a whole different program the way they, they, they do it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: We were cheating like hell back in the day. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, the bodybuilders know every – they're they're a, a one step ahead of the uh, the ones that are testing yeah. them. So you know, that's that's the way it was back in the day. Yeah, but right. I want to get back to the, you know. I think that Jake was involved. That somewhere. was
0: way off the tracks,
1: Mooney. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what the, we we should have. Uh, we should definitely do a T-shirt of just off, you know hex, <laughs> off the track prime time and with Jim Duncan Sean Mooney off the tracks. <laughs> because, <laughs> but some of the greatest stories I've heard come from when the yeah. you, you come uh, you take a nice turn there. But so I, keep them coming. I'll tell you a, a
0: quick one about slippery though. Uh, that uh, when he was with Alice Cooper, remember Alice yeah. Cooper came to. Yeah. Rest WrestleMania, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think uh, Jake Snake was much bigger.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a, yeah, I think, I think you're right. At least that's what he told me, anyway. I don't. Yeah, know. Uh, snake Snake contest there. You said <clears throat> okay, but uh, you know, I was going to mention that uh, Jake I think was involved in some of the greatest feuds ever in the WWF. You know, we mentioned the one with uh, with Ricky, and then. He had one with Honky um, Tonk, Ravishing Rick Rude, and and Honky Tonk, and Honky Tonk. And the one I want, you know, with Honky Tonk, which was kind of along this track as he went through the WWF. But uh, I think when people think of that feud between those two, they remember that guitar attack uh, uh, during one of the tapings for Wrestling Challenge at the Lee Civic Center in 1987 uh, during an episode of the Snake Pit. And Honky Tonk Man comes out with the colonel. Uh, Jimmy Hart was the colonel to him at the time. And uh, just walloped Jake with a guitar. And uh, Jake said he had neck problems from that point on. That uh, he, he he really wondered how gimmicks that guitar was. And if you look at that video, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, Jim, but it really was just brutal. The, the shot that he takes that Jake takes to his head... Is is just incredible. I mean, I don't know how he wasn't just completely knocked out. And Honky Tonk Man goes on to uh, you know to talk about that in one of his interviews that the guitar really was a very heavy wood, and uh, you know you know they loosen the strings like you said how dangerous that is. You have to have those strings loosened up, and then they gimmick the back of the guitar so it's going to you know break. But when he hit him, if you look at that, it it's barely indented so uh there probably is you know somewhere in between those lines there but if you look at it it definitely seems like it did some some serious damage did he ever talk about that injury to you and when that happened well i think a lot of people talked about the way honky would hit him with a guitar
0: and i mean he honky wasn't shy about swinging that guitar it was like i was joking about with the uh the mascot in the hockey game you know you want to get your gimmick yeah. over and honky would get that guitar over he was going to swing that hard and make it look good it was look good it was real i mean he'd he'd whack you the guitar and uh you know you wonder because sometimes honk uh, would be in control of how much gimmick is going on you know sometimes hey do it a little more do it a little less i guess but uh I, well, I how about that the guy getting it. hit with
1: the guitar? Does you have no say in that? Yeah, <laughs> to say, I, it hey, would it would check that, right that out. That would be the guy
0: that would check it yeah. out more, right? You yeah. know, but uh, I think a lot of guys that got hit with guitars over the years have complained. I mean, I don't know how many guys Jared has got with a guitar that he's. Jared hit me with a guitar once and hurt me. Where uh, uh, Santino hit me with a guitar and it wasn't too bad. So. Uh, you know, who knows what happened to Jake. Well, wasn't that the incident,
1: though, that when Santino hit you, that the strings came back and cut yeah, him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? It gave him uh, like a, a hair lip.
0: But uh, yeah, the, well, the, wow. the the string was so tight when it came back, it came back and sliced his lip right down to his teeth. I mean, uh, an injury he has to this wow. day. It was, but uh, yeah, so uh, that so much of that stuff is dangerous. And, and now, of course, they have a a prop department. uh Which, uh, you know, I I was never a big fan of with a rubber two by four because, you know, I've been swinging a board my whole life. But I guess, you know, if you're doing more and more exotic, uh, dangerous type stunts out there, you probably do need a professional to do that stuff. Because, you know, that like Owen, God bless him, what Owen did that was a stuntman's job that wasn't a wrestler's job and uh, so if you're going to have people out there doing these crazy things with cars and you know repelling and you know just hitting each other with uh, different objects it might be good to have a, a true professional there
1: but it didn't seem uh back then that you guys really took those precautions did you especially when you knew you were going to take a headshot did that concern you back then uh, about concussions i know it wasn't as big a deal but you know when you're going to take shots like that uh yeah i think my
0: generation in general especially a chair shot you usually got your hand up for a chair shot I mean, you protect yourself. Just stick your hand up a little bit. Just, you know, level with your head and it looks good. And it protects you a little bit. Even if it doesn't look good, instead of the crowd going, yay, they go, yay. You know, yeah, but you're, right? <laughs> you could still function. I mean, at the uh, and, uh, you know, that generation of Chris Benoit and the Ray Mysterio, Shane Douglas, those kind of guys, they were sticking their heads out and just taking the blow 100% like it was real, you know, like. It,
1: well, that match with uh, The Rock and Mick Foley. Right. Uh, yeah. that 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 is tough to watch. Yeah. I, and I don't know how many shots, but you could hear it. And he, this happened right in front of his family. His kids were very young at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mick Foley, what he's taken is it's, a, it's amazing he's not in a home somewhere. Well, you know, really. I guess, but he just, Mick, God bless
0: him, just got a new hip, you know, and. He always jokes that when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, at uh, he had he's standing up there at the podium. He goes, "Hacksaw, stand up." He goes, "I just want folks to realize that I'm not Hacksaw Duggan. I guess a lot of people mistake him for me, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, he's like 12 years younger. And I'm like, geez, I hope nobody mistakes me for you, fool. <laughs> Jesus, you know, because he has uh, he has abused his body and. That's what I tell the young kids at the, uh, the indie shows that I do. It's not MMA. It's pro wrestling. Protect yourself.
1: Right, but uh, many many didn't, and uh, I think that you know Mick Foley is certainly one of those that uh, you know he he pushed it to he the sacrifice his body. I mean, yeah. uh, just imagine just getting juice. Walk up to a regular person
0: and say, "Hey, we want you to cut up a razor blade and then cut your head open and yeah. get some blood for the fans." You're like, "What? What?" <laughs> Ask one of the NFL prim- primadonnas to do something like that. I mean, uh, it's amazing what the boys put their bodies through to uh, entertain the fans.
1: Yeah, and it's it's no different than any other. Right. Sport, in a sense, Jim, that you're always trying to, you know, push it a little further than somebody else. It is, you know, very much that uh, well, one-upmanship, that macho, you know, that I, I'm tough and yeah, it's competitive in ways, too yeah, in some ways it's pushed it to where it is today you know the, the stuff that uh, you know Mick did and all these guys that well like owen if, if you don't do it yeah. i'll do it
0: we'll find somebody else to repel down and he'll be the one making the money so there's yeah. a lot of internal pressure to do these uh, crazy things yeah but if uh, you, you don't, don't do it, it there's somebody else standing
1: in the wings that wants to do it wants that opportunity yeah exactly and uh you know, many people have been put in that situation. I don't think you know. Fortunately for Jake, all he had to do was bring that snake out. He didn't have to do, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Jake, you know, mixed mixed talent was you know one of the, doing those outrageous things with his body. Uh, Jake's talent was uh, just being an outstanding understanding the business of pro wrestling. Just one of the best gimmicks ever, as we talked about ring work, look. And uh, microphone
1: work. Yeah, because you know, if you look at his matches, it was he didn't have a huge repertoire of uh, different moves. Not, he's not physically imposing, you know no. No, He's exactly. not like a
0: big, powerful guy, you know And I always joke, he always if you notice he always wears long trunks. Cover yeah. up them skinny yeah. legs, Jake. <laughs> well, he wore pants at Mid South, right? He had like you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: think there was a reason for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're
1: not talking about the knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, another one. Where's when on you, a washcloth? <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned that feud with uh, He also went with ravishing Rick Rude. Um, yeah. I remember they used to give uh, Rude a a hard time about his legs. So it seemed like he would build, you know, he would be lifting, uh, you know, houses up from the the waist up, and then he had (laughs) these kind of skinny legs. Yeah, yeah.
0: And the boys would never pick on nothing.
1: No, no, they (laughs) wouldn't give you a hard time about (laughs) anything, right? Yeah,
0: but that was great with Cheryl. You know, Jake's wife uh, back in, and Cheryl was at the wedding with us in '89. Uh, uh, Cheryl and my wife Deborah were friends, so uh,
1: yeah, that was a good angle. Yeah, where uh, that was uh, was in uh, 88, uh, yeah. the edition of uh, Superstars. where I'm not uh, sure if I want
0: Rick Rude kissing on my wife neither. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was a hottie, you know. It's, it's like nowadays we go to the show and Deborah's like, I really like Randy Orton. <laughs> I'm like, leave that boy alone, yeah, honey. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but Rude was, uh, yeah, he was a good-looking guy and, and the woman
1: loved him. Oh, God, when he would come out. Uh, it, 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 you talk about. I mean, that was like great heat for her you know. You come out and you're oh, like, "All right, all you Yoko yokels, just shut up." Yeah. You know, we had to know you had a no sitting there with your girl and she's yeah.
0: looking at Rude with big <laughs> eyes, just drooling. Everybody yeah. said everybody ringside's holding their stomach in, <laughs> including oh, yeah, me. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding. I mean, he yeah. and that was that was a great feud between him and, and when because uh, Cheryl remember she slaps him and then. Uh, no. Robert comes running out, and that that feud lasted through that summer. Yeah. And that's and you know that this is another example. Uh, I wanted to talk about it, the fact that you know Jake was never really a title holder. I, I don't ever remember him having a belt. Certainly not when I was there. But he didn't need one in many, and it was kind of a compliment the other way around too, because he didn't need a belt. But at the same time, you know, you it's great to to get a title. It's a you know what I mean with the fact that he had – he
0: didn't need that to elevate him. Yeah, that's the, the same thing with me, Sean. A lot of folks, you know, they say, well, he never had a title. And actually, actually works out because you didn't know, really need a title, you know. Uh, and Jake's character was stronger than a title would have been, I think, you know. And uh, it, he, he he didn't need it. Plus, didn't have enough room to carry it with a snake.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> need another bag. Right. Okay. But, but he, he just, as I mentioned, he just had so many great feuds. I mean, he just went on from one to the next. It wasn't, and, and he was at that point, you know, we're talking uh, late later 80s there. And then remember and then the feud with, with Andre, which, you know, matching those two up, you would think like, really, is this going to work? Well, it went over really well. I mean, I remember that match with the, with the uh, uh, you know, Andre goes down with the heart attack. Remember? And he, and Uh, That was just an unbelievable scene, the way they pulled that. And that snake all over Andre, he must have just been going out of his mind. Yeah, what a master Andre was. I mean, at that
0: point of his career, you know, the guy was really hurt and he had trouble getting to the the ring, nevertheless getting up into the ring. But to be doing stuff in the ring and being able to work with Jake, being able to work with me, the guy was a – he definitely knew how to work the giant uh, gimmick. I mean, I think that's one of the big – uh, things about the big show a lot of people uh, t- uh, complain about is he doesn't work like a giant you know the big show is such an athlete he's out there <laughs> drop kicking and stuff where Andre yeah. he was the brute squad from, from Prince's Bride he was a, he was a giant and he worked like a giant and he was able to work with all types of talent from brawlers to technical wrestlers to gimmick
1: guys yeah and I don't think people ever realized what he suffered through during those years because you know uh, I remember seeing him backstage that he would just, you know, sit in uh, the biggest chair they could find for him while, uh, there. And he just to get up was a major, uh, you know, major accomplishment, accomplishment. And he would go out there yep. yeah, and then get up on the ring, you know, and then step over that top rope. Uh-huh. I don't think people realized the, you know, what physically where he was physically at that point in time. Yeah, he was he was in a lot of pain. He really was. And I
0: think that's one of the reasons he was drinking so much there towards the end was to kind of numb the pain. You know, of course, his drinking stories are legendary, but even towards the end, it was even even more than usual. But and plus, you know, Sean, the guy was, he was a lonely guy. You yeah. know, being that big where every went, everybody's like, oh, look at the size of the guy. Look at the, he couldn't fit in the showers. You know, he'd sit on a toilet. Sometimes a toilet would break. I mean,
1: a a hard life to be that big Yeah, and uh, as we've mentioned many times before that if Andre didn't want to work with you uh, you weren't going to get over I mean, he, he, and I he must have liked Jake uh, because he worked with him uh, right yeah yeah and and it was a it was a great run they those matches I thought were great There's right. uh, there's a story the, about him and Bam Bam, Bigelow. I think it was
0: either at the Meadowlands or Madison Square Garden, where Andre was in there with bam bam, and he was just beating up Bammer and bam rolled out of the ring, went back to the dress room, got his gear, and left the building before so andre even and that's got it. back there's nothing you could yeah. do with andre I mean if he, he could break your back if he fell on you, so it was a uh, a dangerous, uh, a dangerous guy. I think, uh, yeah, he he uh, he could be an irritable giant. I joke. I sometimes I get on the airplane. I'd be sitting next to a businessman. He'd go, I had a rough day at the office. Maybe <laughs> brother, yeah. let me tell you. I just got yeah. done with a giant, and he still had villagers okay. in his teeth from the night before. You know. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah, you have a giant uh, strain his onesie through your teeth, and you tell me how your day was. Right? Yeah, you kidding? <laughs> Okay, that's that's got to be uh, not fun. And Jake worked with a lot of big guys. Um, another one, which was very memorable, in early mid nineteen ninety one in that area, uh, when he had when he had the feud with Earthquake. earthquake. And, I, and the reason this one is so memorable, if you remember, that uh, he made. Uh, uh, burgers out of uh, Damien. He's, remember, he squashed, squashed the, 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 uh, the bag.
0: Oh, my God. I sure do. That was a huge deal. I mean, because, you know, you remember I was telling you about the Slammy Awards when Harley killed the chicken, and that was a huge deal. So now they're yeah. going to have this snake in the bag and, you know, 400-pound earthquake is going to jump up and squash him on three or four, five, six times, you know. And, of course, everybody's panicking. But, you know, they uh, – what they did is they took pantyhose and they filled it with hamburger and put yeah. that in the bag. That one was actually in the bag, but still, people like it killed the snake. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, but but also, Jim, remember they had and I don't know what kind of electronic device it was, but it would it would move. They got it so like <laughs> the French bag Martin, would move you know, and put you
0: brought will. Martin brought one that they put in there.
1: <laughs> the electric. <laughs> One of the ones we dropped yeah, the airport, yeah, at the airport.
0: Right? It was windowing around <laughs> everywhere. Yes. Yeah. No, but it
1: didn't. <laughs> no. It did look like it. Oh, I didn't. It no, lo- no, now that's all the I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that solves the mystery, Jim. All these years, I've wondered, what was it what was in the bag that made it move like that? Oh, act like you don't know, Moody. Come French on. T- I, know I know you, Moody. You know exactly <laughs> what it was. Don't play dumb, buddy. Gee, they have things like that? Oh, my goodness. Oh. Unbelievable. Where's the well, thank yeah, you. train whistle? <laughs> so that's what the uh, electronic device was. Okay. I'm glad we figured that out. But uh, the big one of the payoffs of this, because you remember, we used to we used to have a lot of fun on on primetime and uh, earthquake shows up and he serves uh, quake burgers, which were, <laughs> as we found out later, uh, that they were uh, ground from Damien's carcass. Uh. So that well, was,
0: if you go out to West Texas and Arizona, you can get rattlesnake and stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. It all tastes like chicken. Right. Yeah. They said, what does it taste like? It's Tabasco sauce. Everything. It's yeah. just yeah. Everything like
1: Tabasco. Everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, of course, when they get rid of a snake, what do they got to do? They got to replace it with a bigger one. And remember oh, Lucifer? That Do you remember that python? That's the one they couldn't control, right? It was so big. <laughs> yeah. That, that thing was. I mean, they would have. Remember when they they'd pull this. Folks, They they would pull this thing yeah. out of the box. And there would like be four or five guys, right? That were trying to hold on to. Remember, it was twenty feet long. (laughs) It was huge.
0: (laughs) It was huge,
1: and it weighed. How much did it weigh? That thing weighed, uh, God. I can't even imagine. I don't know how Jake would could carry the thing around. It was unbelievable. I know.
0: I, I know no way one man could carry that. Uh, like you said, there was five guys trying yeah. to hold it, you know, and uh, the said it was hungry. Coco got up and left right away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it was. I'm telling <laughs> that you. That snake it, it, could it, eat it, anybody. It was a giant. Uh, and I, I don't think that they ever bring it on camera. They had so much trouble controlling
1: yeah, it. Yeah, And I think that and just to carry the thing, it had. I think it weighed 100 and something, almost 200 pounds or something. But I remember that. I remember backstage they pulled that there was you know like four or five guys and they're like getting swung all over the place like like, they're gonna let let that thing loose
0: huh no I think shoot I don't know who would have caught it yeah (laughs) you could use cocoa
1: for bait maybe yeah I'm not yeah not sending anybody in there boy
0: one of the two right
1: yeah Maybe uh, they could have sent Jameson out. He would have been a nice little snack for them. I don't know if he was still well, around Albert's there. like, it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll go get him. His head's all swollen up from different kinds of bites. Yeah, did you see, you remember see that guy's arms? The bite, the, that guy was just yeah. scarred all over. Yeah,
0: of m- missing two fingers, you <laughs>
1: know. Yeah, didn't he... he, he didn't he get bit once that it, that it was a venomous once? snake? And I, no, but I mean where he had, like, a major scare. I think he had to go to the hospital or something that yeah. one of the snakes was... And I don't know. I remember if it was an arena or, or where they were. But, yeah, I think that he got... At one time, it's like oh, wow. uh, somebody yeah, needs to call had the, had the hospital. T- somebody needs to call EMT right now because, <laughs> yeah. in like, in four minutes, I'm going to fall over. And then yeah. it's like very calmly, yeah. <laughs> I have to keep yeah. my heart rate down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he had trouble in
1: direct sunlight too. You know, yeah. it burns. He yeah. <laughs> was a strange guy. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, no, no, kidding. Uh, then we get to the the feuds with Randy, and you met you. T- you talked about this uh, man. They that would the the uh, the run that they had was was unbelievable and I remember probably the the peak of that maybe was the reception remember the the wedding reception when they had the uh, the faux wedding for Randy and, and uh, Elizabeth was yes uh, yeah that was and the and she opens up the the package and the, had the cobra in it and uh, <laughs> Wow, that was Liz. Liz was a good
0: sport. You got to give Liz, Liz credit. She was a good sport. Yeah, well, they put her
1: through a lot, but uh, I think that uh, you know they knew at the time where where they were. And but uh, yeah, okay. No
0: yeah. I think yeah, she she was business. She understood the business, and she realized that that, that was good business for him. yeah. And that, of course, being, you know, being a husband wife team back in the day, that was great. You know, you have somebody to travel with. You know, you only have one expense for a room. I mean. Uh, that was a bonus sometimes uh, that him and Liz got you know traveled together. Of course, he was so possessive of Liz. You never never saw her, much of her, but uh.
1: yeah. And and when uh, you, you talked about this, as we we got into this with the uh, with that feud, and as it went on, you know, into '92, that uh, you know with the devenomized snake, and that that's for real. That he was. Uh, Jake tells a story of uh, that. You know, Randy said, "You know, oh brother, you're trying to take me out." You know. Like he thought that there was some kind of a you know conspiracy here to to kill him so he could get the belt or something. Right. Uh, he. And, you know, that
0: DiBiase is the one that stirred that whole pot. You know, old Teddy, the last guy to expect. He was the one hey, macho. Yeah. I don't mean to say anything. I don't want to alarm you. But but, uh, uh, I don't think they can get all that poison. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> if, if
1: I told him, macho wouldn't bite on it. But DiBiase is like, oh. Well, you know, and, and that's true. You know, a lot of people talk about Randy that, uh, you know, that whole persona of him, uh, uh, that the way he was. Uh, was not a whole lot different outside of the ring, backstage. I mean that that he was. Uh, you had to watch yourself with him, that as far as he. You know, he would say. Yeah, I I, you know, he would say stuff, Jim, and I know that you probably had, and you'd be like, "Really? Are you? You're kidding, right? You, you really don't think that? You know what I mean?" He would say, and I could see him totally telling him, "You trying to take me out there, brother? What's going on? You know, and and making yeah. him a, a bite have take that cobra and have it bite him and. Jake's like, I didn't want to yeah. have the, the thing bite me, but we had to do this. Think,
0: yeah. Yeah. You
1: don't think Jake
0: wanted the snake to bite
1: yeah. him. <laughs> well, but, well, but, you know, the yeah, yeah, would, no, venomized, no. you know, the, they, he said, you know, the crows oh, well, don't have case. like the two fang things. They, they No, they, they got the, a bunch of teeth. The row yeah. of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
0: a dog biting you know, without the big canine. But they it's latch something. on, yeah. like you said. And it bleeds great on camera too. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Has <laughs> macho, right? Yeah. It was a great angle, though. I mean, holy smokes! Oh, do you remember seeing, seeing the crowd coming.
1: react to that? Be horrified. I see the boys react, yes, to really. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they didn't ask me for no, that. I'll tell you, I, I went. I went out to see that. I, I wanted to see it, and I just remember the crowd. I mean, there were kids crying, and women, uh, you know, shielding their eyes. You know, and
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty extreme. For, you know, even even nowadays, I think a cobra biting somebody would be pretty wild. Because yeah. I mean, you know, the cobra with the whole hood, the whole mystique about the cobra. I mean, yeah. And, of course, Macho sold it well because the cobra was working so
1: well. Good. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Jake, being <laughs> was off, yeah. Jake being pissed off <laughs> yeah, and knee brushing, brushing the before. cobra a few times. That And, you know, that snake did not uh, uh, died shortly after that. Uh, it didn't. As you mentioned, they're very macho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was his venom. Right. <laughs> yes, I got it, okay. Sean. I don't have to push that any further. That was a shot, <laughs> right, right? Got that one down. Uh, get the T-shirt. <laughs> so uh, I want to back up here, though, Jim, and and kind of get into the dark side of Jake because you uh, were his friend at the time. When did you start to see? And we went through a lot of these feuds. And when he's another one of those guys, a performer that when he steps in the ring, you know, the red lights on, he was on, but. Tell us a little more behind the scenes. What was going on with Jake during those years that, uh, you know, the the late 80s and early 90s where uh, he certainly dipped into the dark side? Yeah, well, you know, like I said before, we were a rock and
0: roll band more than we were a sports team. We were traveling all over the world. There was booze. There was broads. There was drugs. I mean, whatever you wanted. And a lot of guys got caught up in it, especially, you know, cocaine. Everybody was, you know, forget smoking pot. Everybody was doing the blow back in the day. And I think that's what happened to a lot of guys. They would, you know, be doing some coke or whatever and say, oh, I got to get some sleep. They take a couple of SOMAs or Halcyons or some other kind of downers and, and we're blowing up their heart, you know. Yeah. But, uh uh, the, you know, s- snorting cocaine and uh, is is one thing, but once the Jake started smoking it, uh, that that uh, crack, and when did that happen? Totally when, did did it, you, when did you change, change a see him
1: Really cross?
0: Yeah, I I, I can't re- remember the you know the, exactly when it happened. It's just that we uh, I, I believe he was out of the WWF when he really got uh, got into it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know they they had brought him back. He had some trouble in Florida. But um, yeah, they were trying to bring him back as a booker. Actually, I was down in '97. Mean
1: like later on. When he came yeah back. much later yeah. when
0: I was down at WCW and yeah. they were they were look because I mean the guy has obviously a great mind for the business I mean and they were looking at him maybe as a booker at uh, WW but he was having too much trouble that was uh, that uh, crack got a hold of him man and you know why do it if you know you're going to get hooked but uh, Jake got got hooked on it and well you, he, you, he you was you a mentioned that. a totally different guy I mean you yeah. like you said the the resurrection of Jake he exposed himself on camera he was on top of the the CYC in Scranton, Pennsylvania, you know, smoking crack with the police right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it was a, a horror story. And uh, everybody so soon, pretty or sooner or later, we'll open a hotel room and find Jake dead in a hotel room. That that wouldn't gonna surprise anybody a few years yeah. ago. He's kind of he's like, like the know, Keith I, Richards I, of
1: uh, professional wrestling. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, mean, I joke at him. I said, Jake, I lost money on you. I had you going down in the spring of '72. <laughs> That's right,
1: my death pool here. Yeah. <laughs> You're killing me but but uh
0: yeah
1: no but you mentioned to see him you mentioned though that they were uh, where i think where things really started to go bad for him was you know uh not to mention there were other instances before that, but you know in ninety two um he made his last appearance uh at WrestleMania eight uh and then um left. And it was supposedly over, you know, at that time, I don't know if you remember that whole scandal with with uh, Pat Patterson and all that uh, going on with, you know, Terry Garvin. And, and uh, you know, it was just really a bad, ugly scene. And um, and Pat Patterson had, had been kind of drawn into that and had taken a hiatus and Jake was uh, had gone to vince apparently and you know was hoping to get to, to become part of the booking staff because you know i i imagine like he would make a great booker i mean could you imagine the the psychology that he has uh his you know i guess they call it you know uh uh, ring intelligence in a that sense that, that he just like was michael, he would have made, been yeah, great
0: like michael hayes or even terry taylor i think would be good in that position because they grew up in the business they were students of wrestling you know and, and yeah uh, yeah jake would have been a, a, a good booker i think yeah,
1: uh, yeah and I, should, I think that he would have been fantastic but i think that on the in uh, the other side of that that they knew about his demons at that point and uh, Vince wasn't willing to take that chance, and I, I don't know that. I mean, I talked—I've talked to a lot of people about that, but I just think uh, I can't imagine other reasons why. But he left. He left the company and he went to work for the WCW for in '92 for a year, and his father was working down there at the time. Uh, but he was only there for a year, and then it just seemed like then uh, things just really started to, uh, you know, kind of go a little crazy for him. He went. And he wrestled in Australia. And then he toured Europe and uh, was in Austria and Germany. Uh, and then yeah, he ran, he ran Japan. In shows went over in Europe for a while. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I went and, over and uh, did a couple of his shows for me and Beefcake went over now was
1: he was what was he like then
0: uh was he he was yeah he was having he was having trouble i think that's i think uh he can't go back to england he was having so much trouble <laughs> there. I mean, he's
1: banned <laughs> yeah i think so you know yeah and then he worked in mexico did you, did you have you worked uh did you work in mexico much jim no no that's supposed much. to be the no. wild wild west for sure yeah And I I don't think I
0: will at this stage either. Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) Not going to make a Mexican tour. Yeah, but uh, again, we talked about wrestling being so popular around the world. And Jake, you know, is one of the most popular guys. I hear him asked about all the time at the Comic Cons. I mean, one of the the most popular guys from the WWF. That era of talent, those guys, Jake, Ted, myself, uh, Junkyard Dog, Hogan, Macho
1: Warrior. People just remember that era. Yeah yeah and it, yeah, and it really it. was an amazing time and we that's one of the reasons why folks listen to this podcast because of they love that era and if we can uh, you know fill in some holes and share some stories they haven't heard before we're you know more than happy to and I love hearing from folks out there telling us about some of the things that we didn't even know about that was going on just from a you know fans viewpoint but uh, it, it It really is unfortunate not to say that what Jake accomplished in the WWF was just incredible. And I think he stands as one of the greatest uh, personalities, I think, to ever to be a part of the WWF. And it's just uh, it's clear to see what addiction does to people, because, you know, given a choice, would he have given up what he might have become beyond that, beyond what he accomplished? But the addiction was so damn strong. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no
0: telling where he could have gone if it he didn't that uh, crack didn't get a hold of him like it did. But Jake, definitely a Hall of Famer. It was good to see him put him in the Hall of Fame because you know you never know. Sometimes you burn a bridge or you do something that really ticks off somebody. You don't get in the Hall, so it was uh, good to see Jake in there.
1: Yeah, and he came back at, uh, in 1996. Of, as of all things, he was a you know a Bible preacher and apparently found Jesus, but. Uh, that didn't last very long because. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't. The- uh, because of the addiction. Yeah. Uh, Where, you know, I, I, a lot of guys
0: in our business have tried to make the transition to the religious type deal. And uh, Jake tried it and, uh, you know, it just didn't work for him. Where on the other hand, Ted DiBiase is an ordained minister and Ted changed yeah. his life and really embraced the
1: life. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's it's unfortunate, but. Thank God that, uh, and he kind of credits. He gives a lot of credit to uh, you know DDP for what he did for him.
0: Which he should,
1: yeah. He, yeah, uh, but he says no what it really came DDP down. Saved. Yeah, but what it came down to is he just got tired of it, and that's kind of what happens. Where that's the only way you can help yourself is when you just are tired of what it's done to your life, and you're not dead. Yeah, Jake or uh, DDP helped him, but Jake's the one that did it. Yeah. And you say today, and I, you, you said for a period of 12 years, when did you uh, you know, lose that contact with him and, and not be near him for that period? When did that happen? Well, you know, because guys are, are living in all different parts of the country,
0: and, and at that time Jake was living in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I was down in uh, Titusville, Florida. So it's not like we would see each other that much. And, uh, you know, back then there was no social media to keep in track, so you just slowly drift apart.
1: What year was
0: yeah, this? And, when, uh, I, when you... Oh, geez, don't ask me years, Sean. That's your job, Decades? brother. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that was another shot. Somewhere morning. between uh, eight, 1980
0: yeah, and uh, 2000. Had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we lost touch. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm not even sure if we picked it back up, but just in the past few years, you know, yeah. and I wasn't sure how the, the, the relationship was going to be because it was strained and, uh, you know, the, and, Like I said, when I saw him, I was like, Jake, it's good to see you back, brother. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Same. You know, you rib with you, joke with you, give you a shot or two. You know, I
1: mean, he was a different guy. Yeah. And it is tremendous to see where he is now, uh, despite what could have been. We all have those uh, thoughts in our head. But the fact that he's mended some fences and that Uh, uh, his children... Uh, his daughter Cody, in particular, yeah. his daughter Cody, who handles a lot of his
0: bookings. I mean, she's just a stand-up girl. She's taken really, really good care of Jake.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that uh, you know you've you've reconnected with him as well because I know you you talk really fondly of him and always have uh, that uh, he was one of your greatest friends, despite the fact he took you to a, a crack den to. Uh, <laughs> where was, <laughs> yeah, was that in Harlem? Yeah. Well, where? Or what's that? <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't know. I
0: had just coming back from getting popped with uh, the Sheikski, you know, WW, and uh, they finally bring me back. And so I'm with Jake this one time, and we're in the cab and he goes, I want us to go down to the, the, the crack house and get some crack, and we're in the cab. I'm like, Jake, no, come on, we can't do this. He goes, no, I'm going to go down, and I'm going to get some crack. And so we go down to the hood, man. Jake gets out, runs into the house. I'm sitting in the cab, and I'm just waiting for bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for the cameras to come in, you know, because is going to get popped again. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I can't do this, I can't. I finally, like, I forget it, boom, I jump out, I get out of the cab, I just start walking, you know. And I'm walking through, down through this downtown. People are like, hey, what are you doing in our neighborhood? What are you doing Boy. down here? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill you, Roberts. I'm going to kill you. And finally he pulled back up in the cab and we drove off. Nothing happened. But, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Mooney. Well, <laughs> just kind of put a perspective yeah. on friendship here yeah. how far you're willing to go. Well, me and Jake blast you all the time so it balances
1: out. <laughs> We're all going to be wearing those T-shirts. Was yeah. that a shot? Yeah. Right. That, that was definitely a shot. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we got a ton of questions this uh, week on uh, Jake, but I think we answered a lot of them. Uh, somebody, or here's a Jason Taylor, asked about why Jake left to go to the WCW. I don't think it was uh, so much a choice. Uh, well, maybe he had an opportunity down there, but it was that uh, parting of the ways with Vince and a lot that was going on with Jake at the time. And uh, kind of shows, and I think most people did not have a great experience of the WCW, his was just that one year Um, and he was definitely one of the he he says one of the most creative minds in the business, I don't think anybody questions that it's just, it's a shame because uh, one of the questions here uh, was regarding as we talked about that um, that he was going to be a booker and what happened with that and I think that's, you know uh, at the time, Jake says that Vince had talked to him about joining the staff there, and then he felt that he just uh, reneged on that. and that's why he left. But I'm sure there was a lot more going on with it with that because uh, with with uh, the issues that that Jake was dealing with. Um, Richard asks, what do you what was your most memorable Jake feud to watch, Jim? what uh, of all of those, what do you think was one of the best runs that he had? the ones we talked about think, oh you know we didn't even mention ted dibiase's too the we mentioned a little bit about the million dollar belt but what do you think of all those feuds that he had was uh, one of the best runs
0: yeah i like the one with uh the even like you said the, the earthquake was good and the no, no run with hogan was worked out but the thing with uh sherald and rick rude i thought that uh really hit home i mean and uh yeah, it worked out. But she had Cheryl out there, and she was a pretty woman, and and she looked the part, and and did her her part real well in the ring. So I think the more people in the ring, sometimes the better it is. You know, we got more guys out there, more people out there performing. But uh, I think, uh, and it, it was believable. I mean, you could see Cheryl making the move uh, to Rudo in her subconscious. You know, because he was uh, the handsome guy, and of course the big slap. I thought that was a good little angle.
1: Yeah. I think I'd agree. I, I have to go, I think the Cobra was the, the greatest over the top ever. Yeah, now, I, that guess team looks, was
0: just
1: I like unbelievable. to see Gerald slap people. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh then oh, uh, Ibsen Ibsen uh, Arroyo. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He would. Um <laughs> Let's see uh he he says oh in this this is the theory that somehow this got out there in 1997 he left the WWF quietly because was it wasn't because he was preaching backstage because <laughs> uh to go along with his preacher um persona I guess they thought this theory is that the reason that he got fired or had left in '97 was because he was preaching too much to the boys. You think that was the case, Jim? <laughs> no, not, not at all. No.
0: Want <laughs> him to find
1: Jesus? No, oh, no, find Craig. Oh, no. Find crack. He'd be in the
0: other dressing room. <laughs> but, yeah. You know. yeah. Okay. No, I think sure you have that, folks. Uh, on there I- might be a lot of reasons, but I don't think that was one of them.
1: Yeah, uh, Folks, if there's uh, some of the questions that we didn't get to, you don't know, feel like we answered today, get them back to me or, or send me an email and say you didn't well, we just answered two this question. questions, Sean. Is that it? <laughs> well, I'll just say I think we covered a lot of so them. We had you know, tons of questions. Them. Yeah, we do. But uh, but we answered a lot of them. That's what I'm saying. And, and so, any if there's a, a couple that I might have missed here, uh, as far as regarding Jake, because we do have some other ones here. Um, one, I wanted to get to that uh just to confirm the story but uh, I I think it's must be absolutely true because Brett the Hitman hart told this story oh, it's absolutely his, uh, true of uh, Brett told it yes <laughs> yes yeah <yes>, yes. <laughs> wrestler's is induction ceremony <laughs> yeah it's induction ceremony so uh you were, you I'm sure you remember the story that you were at a hotel and you had called down to say, "Where you sure. know, can you tell me where, where the local gym is? And Owen, and Owen Hart gets on right. and says, hey, you lazy son of a bee. Why don't you go get your, own, find your own gym? What are you asking us to do it for? And then that's, tell me what the real story here, at least from your side of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I guess uh, uh, Brett told this,
0: uh, this story at Owen's funeral. Oh. God bless him. We were at the hotel, oh. and I called down to the front desk, and I said, excuse me. There's a gym around here. And the guy at the front desk goes, hey, you got a phone book in your room? I said, "Yo, yeah. He goes, why don't you look it up? <laughs> and I'm like, well, hey, you know, I spent some money here. I like some, you know, professional courtesy. He goes, I don't care. If you got a problem, me, you come on down here. So I like, yeah, bet your ass, I'll be right there, buddy. So I slammed the phone down. I'm starting to get dressed. The phone rings again. It's the guy from the front desk. He goes, sir. He says, I'm very sorry. He said, that was another one of those wrestlers. I said, well, you find out who it was. I don't like to rib. I don't like to be ribbed. And so the guy looks at Owen and goes, What's your name? Owen goes, Jim Powers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that he goes, that night I grabbed Powers, I got him up against the wall. Powers, you don't mess with me. Huh? <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, Doug <laughs> you crazy bastard, dude?
1: Oh, that's too good. That's really funny. That's another one. Thanks um, for bringing it up, Mooney. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that, that story. That is just so funny. Yeah, that was a nice harmless you got, rib. Harmless rib. Yeah. But you got sucked right in. Oh, thanks again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I fell for it hook, light, and sinker, brother. Yeah, Come on, <laughs> fire up. And here's who, You come down with your thumbs on your ribs? Who said that? <laughs> I'll knock you out. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, I did this DVD for the WWE. It's coming out September 5th. It's the Unleashed DVD. You're on one of the uh, matches in there. You know, Jim, I didn't realize there are over eight hours of matches on this DVD. Holy smokes. Of Unleashed. Yeah. So, folks, get that's out like there and, and
0: get two this. years of wrestling nowadays on WWE. Yeah. <laughs> eight oh, hours. Yeah, that's race. right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Back in the days, that was like eight yeah, matches, okay. wasn't it? Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, somebody sent me a, a question about, there's one of the stand-ups we do in this with the Charlie Caruso, where there's this box and I lift up and it's this old thing, and it says on it, Tom McGee and i kind of and the thing is i go oh well i guess we don't need that one and we throw the box off to the side and they say what was with that well maybe you remember tom mcgee yeah uh he he was he had a brief a body career guy, right in the he was wwf a big, big bodybuilder oh, yeah yeah. He, yeah he was uh really he was one of the very uh, pre warrior and they were really high on this guy um there's uh you know and an, an, to the point where People were talking about how Vince envisioned him maybe being the next Hulk, uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, he was uh, he, he got a big kind of a big push when he came in, and then uh, not shortly after that, um, like he even let's see, he defeated Bret Hart on October seventh, nineteen eighty six, in Rochester, New York, at a television taping. And uh, what happened was, folks, is that someone else arrived on the scene in the WWF. Uh, His name was Jim Helwig, better known as the ultimate warrior. And uh, after that, pretty much uh, Tom McGee, who uh, many had, remember he was the the next biggest thing. He was the natural. And uh, shortly after that, he disappeared. And that was pretty much the end of him. But that's that's the answer to that question with Tom McGee. That's uh, he was um, somebody was in the WWF. They had big uh, high it hopes for. Was, him. He was kind of a prima donna
0: too, if I remember. A lot, a lot of those bodybuilder type guys, you know, they're always posing in the mirror, putting on the hot stuff, which the guys hate to wrestle. You put that hot stuff on, it makes your yeah. muscles, I guess, more vascular or something. And, but if you're wrestling the other guy, you put him in a headlock, you get it in his eyes and stuff. But you know, a lot of those bodybuilders weren't very personable. Blue for Yeah,
1: and we've talked before where you know there's no reason why somebody goes over and why somebody doesn't. They can have all the look and uh, right. yeah, you know everything else, but yeah. Yeah. no, no, you, secret you yeah, no secret formula. You have the whole package. No secret formula. And there's others. Yeah, there's others you'd look at and say you know you know talk about Daniel Bryan <laughs> you know, Jim or Jim you know, Duggan, and, uh, whatever reason. <laughs> Who would ever yeah. thought, man? I mean, you know, crossed eyes, a two by four, and a yell. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see, uh, Stephanie LaBelle, uh, do you have any stories, Jim, uh, from enhancement matches that you were involved in, you know, uh, with having these guys come out in some of these TV tapings where you're against one of these guys and having something go wrong or, or uh, maybe for another superstar involved in an enhancement match? But you know,
0: I think especially back in the day, there was no top guy versus top guy on t v It was all squash job, all enhancement matches, you know right. I mean that's a nice way to push you know, say an enhancement match uh you know it was a squash job, but your job as a as as a jobber to go out there is do the best job you can, make this guy look as as good as you can. Don't worry about getting your stuff in so often, you know I got to get my stuff in I want to get this move in. forget about that you you're there to showcase the top guy. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and something does, if you're out there working with a a guy that's an enhancement talent and you're supposed to get over and he does screw up, you just beat the hell out of him. I mean, you can see sometimes where somebody screws up or somebody just gets nervous. They get uh, starstruck. They get stage fright standing in there in the ring with those people and they just go totally blank. Well, they're just out there to get chewed up anyway. So you go ahead and chop some meat, you know, and, and I, I did that a bunch yeah. as, as big Jim Duggan back in the old WWWF. I did jobs for Hogan and uh, Ken Patera, Angelo, Mosca, Sergeant Slaughter. But that was my deal to go out there and get the best beat up job I could do is for that guy. So you got to keep that in mind when you're doing the
1: enhancement job. Do a good job. <laughs> But a lot of these guys are very green. I remember the remember them bringing these guys because they'd be local guys, most of them, who right. they would be in some school, and right. uh, a lot of them well, didn't know what the ever, hell they were doing.
0: Yeah, that's why you never do nothing with them. Not even the most simple mm-hmm. spot. You know, hit the uh, hit the ropes, duck. You know, take a hip toss. Nothing. You know, I just go out there and chop meat. As soon as they ring the bell, just boom, 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 boom. Forget the fancy Dan Wrestling moves. You're just going to, you know, because you do something, you try a move, and he screws up, it looks bad. So you can't take a chance on a guy that you don't know. And plus, there's always an opportunity that you could get hurt.
1: Yeah. A question here from Sean Crouch, who wanted to ask me, since most announcers in recent years, Coachman, uh, Jim Ross, Michael Cole, a face wrestlers in the ring. If you and Jim were to go head-to-head, who would win and what would be your finishing move? I, well, you know what my finishing move would be? would be the same as my starting move. Uh, run would be uh, – I would have that down. But I did – I like this question, Jim, because – uh, I always wanted to at least be involved in some angle. You know, I really did. And they used to have a, 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 a big warehouse. It's not used like that anymore at the television facility. But they had a ring out there that the guys that would come in. And like you said, now, even at the hotels now, they have rings. But back then, they didn't. And if they had people they wanted to work with or they you know wanted to take a, a, sh- a look at them and they wanted to do it in private, they would bring them out to this uh, warehouse, They had a ring. And I used to go in there all the time. And Alfred would work with me a little bit just to, you know, show me some moves and stuff like that because I, I was ready. But they never, I never got the call. And I always wanted that opportunity. I don't know if they just didn't think I knew how to. Seller, they were protecting my tremendous uh looks and uh and and my and my gimmick i think that was it right you know, they didn't somebody mess up on the
0: looks, still brother but uh no, <laughs> but, no that, it is i mean just hitting the ropes is it's hard to do it oh, I mean, the, no kidding the I, yeah. television they're the pros i mean they're the best and they make it look easy as you know you hit the ropes it hurts
1: <laughs> yeah it hurt. Oh, I'm not, no kidding. My, my ribs would just be completely bruised. And, and, you know, people, let me tell you this too. Have you ever taken a bump on a canvas? You think that that's, oh, yeah, it's all padded. No, it would not work if it was, you know, no. laying down on, on wrestling mats. It doesn't work that it, way. It, it, it's, it's very physical, I tell
0: you. And, of course, to answer Sean's question about wrestling, wrestling you, Mooney, I think if I would stomp uh, on down in the ring, I'd get up, I'd jump up into the ring, I'd probably pull a hamstring <laughs> or jumping up yeah. in the ring at this stage. Get a quick cover on me. <laughs> yeah, it well, would
1: still finish me off pretty quickly, I have I, a feeling. I, I, Uh, As long as I got a a two-by-four within reach. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and I'm going to finish up with this Earl Esterly. Earl It's Jim, okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh, And this is for you, Jim. I know you won't remember, but I met you a long time ago in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, at a county fair uh, for NFW. We were working the same show. You took the time to chat with us guys in the locker room and gave me some creative feedback on my match. What blew me away was the fact out of all the guys I've worked with, you took the time to help one of the boys – uh, when you went on uh, to the next guy before you did, you offered up a signed photo. I cherish it to this day uh, more than all the other autographs I have. So there you go, Jim. Another one. I haven't gotten a bad one given telling me that uh, <laughs> Hacksaw turned his back on him. So, yeah. the, you know, that's that's
0: that's always nice to hear, you know, and, you know, I, I tell wrestlers, we're, you know, we're all one big happy family or one big family, maybe not a happy family, but. You know, as I'm sitting in a dressing room and, and John Cena walks in, I will ask John Cena to take a picture with my sisters. And I feel that way if I'm in an independent show and a young guy's got his son or daughter or friend or somebody there, he'll say, will you take a picture with my friend? Yeah, we're in the same dressing room. We're in the same business. You know, please come up and ask. And uh, I think that's the way the guys feel, uh, most of them, you yeah. know.
1: And And you were that guy once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not kidding.
0: Yeah, You're not kidding. I mean, and, uh, you know, guys like Captain Lou and uh, Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody uh, were good to me and offered me some advice. Uh, And um, so, you know, of course, you know what I always advise the young guys when they say I want to be wrestlers, Sean? I tell him, I said, get golf clubs. That's where the money's at. (laughs) And a lot (laughs) easier on the body, too. Ho! Four!
1: (laughs) That's right. Tee it up. And speaking of tees, how's this for a transition? Folks, our T-shirts are out. Go to prowrestlingtees.com and check them out. Uh, You can get the, as we've mentioned, the Was That a Shot? Uh, Sean Mooney Who? Ho nation! I like that one. And also the uh, the fine. Wait until you see our new logo. We're going to get it up soon. But I love this it. Official logo. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Not unofficial sure. at all. is the official stuff. <laughs> all right. Please help us continue to spread the word. Uh, the podcast available at MLWRadio.com and, of course, through iTunes and all those other outlets, uh, outlets that you can subscribe to. And uh, Back in the old day, the outludes. Yes. <laughs> <And> the- <laughs> Lots of <laughs> loots. <laughs> Only, that was so you could sleep. Uh, but uh, you can reach Hacksaw on Twitter at, at uh, officialhacksaw. Official My Twitter handle is at Sean Mooney Who. And, of course, our Twitter account for the show, Primetime or at PrimetimeMLW. And email us at primetime at MLW.com. And that's going to pretty much do it for Episode 11. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, once again, has been a great pleasure. And I can't wait till next time. Take us home.
0: Sean, always good to talk to you. What a great subject today with my good friend, Slippery, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, this hose for you. We're all proud of you doing so good, tough guy. Ho! See you next week on PTHM.
1: Interested in starting your own podcast? Audioboom can help with our $9.99 monthly subscription plan for hosting and distribution. You'll get 200 minutes of recording time per episode, a branded homepage on the Audioboom platform, embeddable players for web and social media, advanced analytics, and so much more. To sign up for your $9.99 monthly subscription plan, go to audioboom.com. start That's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-M dot com slash S-T-A-R-T.